All right, what's up everybody and welcome to Video Game Purist. This will be VGP episode 168. I am one of your hosts, my name is Fred Rojas, and joining me tonight, as always from the East Coast, Mr. Trees. How's it going, sir? Um, crunchy, Fred. Crunchy. Crunchy is the word I was I was desperately searching for when I was describing those ugly college girls. Crunchy. <laughs> I went blank and I listened back and I went, that sounds terrible. That sounds like I'm fishing for something a lot I more see what you're like yes, ominous dirty. and terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. But the word I, I was trying to say was crunchy. And mm. uh, and so I wanted to clear that up. You know, girls with like dreadlocks and fat ankles. Yeah. <laughs> crunchy. I knew what you meant. Okay, good. Like my peanut butter. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just that that was bugging me all the last few days. You know what? Um, I love that you were able to bring it back. Thank you. We're back in circulation. Um, it's been a very short period of time for me. It's been roughly forty-eight hours, give or take, maybe seventy-two hours, since I recorded our last show and did commentary. And I thought I would yes. have a lot more to wax off of, <laughs> but like I was listening to it live. You know what I mean? So. And I don't, I don't take a breath, so I know that's tough for you to. Interject. Well, and it was fine for me to pause. I just didn't want to pause all the time. I did find a cool way to like pause and respond, and then keep going. Like that's how I did Good. it. But, Good. but I didn't want to keep interrupting you. And frankly, I didn't think I was. And and it's fine if you either want to condemn me or not respond at all because <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. But I just didn't think I was adding much. And I started getting self-conscious. You can kind of tell halfway through, I'm like getting self-conscious about my comments and that uh, doesn't help anyone. <laughs> so. I like, I like the real laugh track. That's so true. I like, yeah. and I like, I do like your little comments and yeah. the laughing. That makes me laugh. Yes. Because, it's, uh, it's you, you heard a live, I'm going to suspect right. That's similar to most people's experience when they're listening to your questions with trees or various other instances where you do a solo show, because <laughs> that's very indicative of my uh, response well, to stuff. Well, you know, I I realize now, you know, because um, this time of the year we have so many gaps, like in our shows, just because of holidays and school, it, like. Just mm-hmm. right at the tail end of summer, it gets a little crazy with everything. And uh, I just realized, like, um, that's not hard to do. You know, we, we used right. to, like, make a big deal of, like, oh, what are we going to do? Maybe we're cool. And I'm like, no, nah, I can yap on the way to work. And that's good enough. People enjoy that. And it's not a big stress ball to, like, deal with it. I know if I'm never around, I know there's also, like, guest hosts and stuff that you want to do stuff with. So I think we're good. I think we got off weeks covered. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I feel confident we're covered. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, <clears throat> and I and I think, and and I think the single ones with me in the car, it's a treat. It's a little treat. It's like a little, you know, it's a little candy bar once in a while. You know what I mean? Hell yeah! It's like oh, here we go. Actually, you know, but it's I, funny because every time I listen to those episodes, you get me to go to the Dunkin' Donuts, and I do have a local <laughs> Dunks. It's yeah. a little bit of a drive, but it's not crazy. It's like, I, I would say it's about ten miles out of my way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not a crazy drive. It takes about 15 minutes, but it's not until I listen to you do it that I'm like, yo, I want to go get me some dunks. <laughs> I, I will say this, this last little show I did for us was last minute 
and it might be the most bullshit one I've ever done. <laughs> I don't know if that good. came through, but I was I was winging that one. You want to talk about not being prepared at all? Like I was uh, really winging that, but I, I think it came out all right. I really love the suspense of will he, won't he at the end of that. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah. But we're back now. We are. We're back we are in back. the building. Rocking and rolling. It, yeah. It's, um, and it's, at least for me, as I'll get to, but you're going to go first. But, like, it's the, it's like the official end of summer over here. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I guess this yeah, I is mean, my, my opportunity to hand off the torch, like, what you've been up to this week. <laughs> well, I haven't been up to much, honestly. I mean, when I recorded that, that was in the middle of the week, I think, for this week. When I recorded that, so I mean, I think it was, heard yeah. A lot. yeah, it was. So you heard pretty much my my weekend, and then you know, and then really this it's it's just been uh, the same old same old. You know, I had um we had a big party thing to go to uh, yesterday. A friend of ours, it was their fortieth, and they were doing a big big surprise. What are the big surprise parties? So it nice, was uh, yeah. so it was like a like a you know rent out like a VFW type place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And my wife helped with some other of, of the birthday uh, girls' friends, and they did all you know the decorations and food and the music, and there was a DJ and get on the people. And then I was part, Fred, of the uh, setup. Ooh, See? nice! Not a big part, but uh, you helped mm-hmm. coax the individual to the spot, so though. I, my daughter. Right, it was all under the guise mm-hmm. that this woman was taking my daughter to her birthday party. It was because oh, my daughter's okay. birthday is this week too. So yes. I picked my daughter from work. Uh, she's working now, by the way. Holy smokes! Like That's she's right. the right age for it, but still, it's she's she's, she's doing the, the drive. Weird, yeah. At a Honeydew Donuts. I don't know if you have Honeydew oh, Donuts out there. We way. do not, but it sounds fantastic. Yeah, they like the only the, thing we um, have over here is honeydew lists. <laughs> yeah, honeydew donuts is like uh, the right, not the. I wouldn't say they're a rival, right? Because Dunkin' Donuts is like the king of the king of the donuts, right? <laughs> the coffee donuts, uh, uh-huh. and honeydew is that one that you go to when the drive-through at the Dunks is too long. <laughs> okay, like, uh, yeah, go to honeydew. Ours and, is called Sunrise have, Donuts, but yes, okay. I know what you're talking so, about. And they have signage too, like. Uh, yeah. You know, celebrating 50 years, and you're like, isn't that cute? Uh, 50 <laughs> years in the shadow. You know what I mean? Um, yep. But, but what's good for, for my daughter is that she's been doing the drive through and then mm-hmm. she does, you know, what you do, the cleanup, mopping floors and trash. But what's good is because it's not crazy busy like a Dunks, it's it's the right speed, I think, for Oh, okay. I thought good. you were gonna say she brings home like a bunch of leftovers. She and... does bring home she does bring home tips and stuff, which she's excited for. Oh, I meant donuts. Uh, <laughs> oh, donut. I haven't got a donut yet. Oh, I'm gonna be honest. I gotta be honest. Like my, my mom son used to got tell a donut. Us, my mom worked Taco Bell in high school. Mm-hmm. That was in the seventies though. And she said she used to tell stories of like um uh, uh like early seventies, I realized how uh, young that made my mom sound um but like early 70s and she she said that what they would do is when they'd close down and taco bells i don't even think closed down before like stoner hour but um 
all the extras that they pre-made, she got to bring home to the house. So mm-hmm. she always had leftover Taco Bell. My understanding from my, um, I have a, my mother-in-law worked at McDonald's until recently retiring. Um, they did not get to bring home anything. So it's much more calculated mm. now. But uh, anyway. Well, I will say this, which is blows my mind, is that at the end of the day, and I would imagine this is for like all the donut places, right? But mm-hmm. she says at the end of the day, they throw all the donuts out. That's true. Yeah, my wife. Which is odd to me. I'm like, you can't do oh, anything Before we went that? bread free, my wife made a deal with the local Panera where she could just yeah. swing by there. Yeah, 10 minutes before closing and get a bunch mm. of free bread. Yeah. Yeah, so now, now I remember that uh, my father-in-law used to go by those places and get donuts to throw them in a bucket. There you go. A big barrel for like bear hunting and shit. You know, like bait buckets. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yes, nice. But um, yeah, because I was picking her up. Anyways, I go back to the, the party story. I was picking her up from work. So I was sitting in the parking lot with my son and we're all dressed for the party. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And she's in there in her honeydew outfit. And I see her taking the trash out and stuff. And um, there's a dude. There's one dude in there that close like clothes with this one old guy in there. And he just has his these trays and he's just like bringing out donuts to his car. I'm like, this dude's fucking living it up Saturday night. This guy is like pottying. And then I go, what is up with that guy? He goes, Oh, he comes in and gets all the donuts at the end of the day on Saturday. And he brings them to a, uh, like a veterans shelter or something. I was like, Oh, okay. That makes, I thought he was getting them all for himself. (laughs) He's just bringing out trays and trays of donuts. You just saw Fred like in his sixties when he doesn't care about his health anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's why I was like, this dude's doing it up. He's lining his backseat. I love me some donuts. donuts, man. I will totally I do too. try to figure that out. Oh and be like, God. yeah, I'll bring it to veterans. Yeah, sure. But you know what I mean? Like to me, that's what it feels like. You should be doing every day with that mm-hmm. stuff. Like somewhere instead of just. Uh, but right, the logistics is on coming and I guess getting donuts every day. I don't. know. It's a lot. Um. So my it job was to get probably swing it though, right? I like guess. if you wanted to care and set that up. I would probably do that for a free donut every day once I'm retired. Yeah. It's just like bring donuts to someone who needs it. And mm. then I just get to snag one off the top. Right. But anyway, continue. Well, so I had to pick her up at five. Right. The party started at six, I think. Mm-hmm. Or six thirty. So I had to pick her up with a change of clothes, then pick her friend up, and then drop them off at the birthday woman's house where she was going to do my daughter's hair thinking it's for her birthday, my daughter's birthday, and uh-huh, then bring yeah. her to the place. Mm-hmm. You see? Genius. So I was kind of part of it. Yeah. And then I had to hightail it right from there. My wife's like, don't get out. Just drop them off and go, don't get out and talk. And go in and talk. I'm like, okay, all right. So we had the, like, I had food too. And the, like I had food and crap I had to bring. So uh, yeah, and then we had the, and then we were there. We had a party. So that's two weeks in a row I was at like a wedding-like atmosphere. You know, the week before I was at the Tweet 16 mm-hmm. birthday that felt like a wedding. And this was the same thing, right? Like I was sitting at a table and there was a bunch of food and a DJ. And, you know, my wife made me sit there by myself. She's like, hold these spots because she's off organizing yep. with everybody else. And I saw this. dealing. Yeah. She goes, ah, these are all for this is for so-and-so and this is for us. And this, I'm like, all right. <laughs> Yeah, I felt like I and then she's busy on that. My wife can't sit for more than five minutes, anyways. Same. So yeah, she Same was just off. Yeah, and I was in her friend that she would used to do chair with. 
she was sitting there and uh so we were just shooting shit and having like high noons you know mm-hmm. and i said i feel i said to her I, I feel like i'm at a wedding and my wife's in the wedding party you ever been to one of those yeah you're so you have to sit at the table by yourself with people you don't know so i'll and, i'll be yeah. real quick with this trees but like my wife is really good friends with a korean woman and they had a Korean wedding. And of course they were at this really fancy, it's not that fancy, but it was like a double tree that was super expensive. And right. I remember they were like, you have to stay at the double tree. You have to be in the wedding party and everything for my wife. And then I remember spending just all kinds of money. This was before we were married, but this was before Autumn was born and everything. And I remember just spending all this money for this weekend in like a, it was in Springfield, Missouri. It was in the middle of Missouri. And I was like, we're spending all this money. And I never got to sit next to my wife for the rehearsal dinner, for the wedding, for the wedding dinner. Mm-hmm. I slept alone both nights in in the hotel room. And I just remember being like, I spent like $1,000 this weekend and just sat around alone as my wife right. did all these things. Yeah. Yeah. So, and... Saturdays are rough for me because I work on Saturday mm-hmm. and I, it's my early day. So I'm, I've been up since like four, four thirty AM. So by like nightfall, you're getting tired. And so, yeah, in this place, I think the party ended at 10. They had the hall until, and I was there to about nine 30 before I, I tapped out and said, I'm, I'm going home, you know? And, yeah. And it didn't help that I did. I drank two high noons and then all the, all the guys, uh, we're doing a shot. Oh, there and you I go. Was like, yep. And I was like, oh, you memory know, serves, want... you're not much of a shot guy, right? I'm not a shot guy, but like, it was like every guy. Oh, in no, the no. Place. There's no problem and with doing so shots, but I hate to I sound like, like the alcoholic, but like, I frequently no, will the... do shots. So, like, I'm used to it. So, I know what that yeah. means. Well, the thing was, like, used to I, it, usually, I usually don't, is what right. I'm saying, but I wanted, I wanted to. Like I wanted sure. to be with all the do- the guys because I'm oh, yeah. never Shots are anywhere. Fun. They can be. Fun. I'm never anywhere where I get to hang out with the guys. Yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, I want to hang out with the guys and go go do a shot. And then, uh, so we did a shot of Jameson. There you go. And I said, you know, the lady poured them all out, and I said, and there was one that had like the least in it, and I said, give me that one, <laughs> you know, give me the one with the least because I'm driving later, you know, so mm-hmm. this will be it for the night. And so I had my shot. And then I came home and had dagger eyes from my daughter. She does not like me drinking at all. Gotcha. She has a real issue. She gets very upset when I'm uh, enjoying myself. So <laughs> Somehow I don't think it was specifically because of that, but I get your point. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, God. You know. Okay. Yeah. Hold on real quick, Trees. We're going to do this yep, live. Yep. Come here, puppy. Oh, yeah. Come here, Rebe. Oh, 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 the... the it's the okay, pups. baby. Good night, honey. We'll go to work tomorrow. It's okay. All right. Bye, all. Bye. Oh, my God. So, apparently, the uh, the female corgi who hangs out in the office uh-huh. with me um, wouldn't leave the door until I said goodnight to her. Now she followed my wife upstairs. She's all oh. worried that I'm, like, cheating on her, I guess, or something. I don't know. That's nice. Tomorrow morning, she'll be my assistant for, for work. When we report in. That's why I'm not getting a dog. I can't have that level of like (laughs) attachment. Like I can't have it. Oh, she's awesome. I didn't expect her to be my 
quote unquote connected dog. She wasn't supposed to be yeah. my dog, but mm-hmm. she became my dog. I don't know what it is. Yeah, she know. felt all the estrogen in the room, and she was like, "Fuck that! I'm going to that one." And the other two dogs a, are male dogs are fixed, so she couldn't detect any testosterone yeah, on I anyone. Have, I have enough people attached to me in this house. So I can't have more. <laughs> trying to get rid of all them. No one gives a but fuck one, if I live or die in this house dog. other than that dog. <laughs> good lord. Um. So, anyways, yeah. So I, I had, uh, yeah, I got the dagger eyes mm-hmm. from my daughter because um, I had did a shot. And then I was chilling. I was having water and soda, and I had a slice of cake, and I was chilling. And then one of the, the fathers came and tapped me on the shoulder again, and it was it was heartbreaking for him because they're like, "Come on, we're up again." And I turned, and all the guys were up at the bar, all waving to me, like mm-hmm. waving me over. And I had to I had to do had to do. Sorry, I gotta drive the kids home later. Just kind of turn back around, and eat my cake. You should be <laughs> damn proud of that responsible act. I've done yeah, it myself. Right. No, I'm fine with I that. Mean, people think I that because one. well, that's the funny but. thing. Like people think that because I drink regularly, mm-hmm. that like I'd always be down for something like that. But I tend to be extremely cautious, especially if right. I'm out and about and I have to drive, especially kids. Like yeah, mm. I'm. I actually have a 40th birthday party story to tell myself, but I'll wait to tell it. But yes, I completely understand where you're at. Yeah, and. So that was that was kind of that. Then I, I, you know, I came home and that was that. And we came home, Fred. This is mm-hmm. the fun one. Um, to a broken uh, central air system. Oh shit! So we have no AC right now. Oh uh, shit! Yeah, I'm in the cool basement doing the show. It's always sure. cool down here. But upstairs, all the kids and everybody, they're all sleeping on the couches because <clears throat> luckily, so the way that my last year, the way my, my daughter's bedroom was configured, her mm-hmm. bed blocked the vent. Uh-huh. Um, yes. so it would still get hot up there. It was just so I we had an AC unit in her window for the summer, even okay. though we had central air. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, we still had that uh, in the garage. Like the AC unit. Right. So that is in the window up in the kitchen. And it cools off the first floor for the most part because it's all open. It's not like, uh, you know, it's all an open area. Like an open concept. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so they're all up there. But it's hilarious going up to the second floor, Fred. Like, you you know, like the movie Alien, the first one? And they go to the alien ship. And there's the layer of mist. He's like, there's a layer of mist down here. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) <laughs> like you're sick of this. That's there's a layer of mist heading up to the second floor. When your head enters it, it's like this perfect layer of humidity and heat. Like your your head passes through the AC down below. And you it you know what I mean? It's like I a just lake recently within a lake. Watch the Meg you know? too, and there's that thermocline that's like yeah. that line between hot and cold water. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a lake within a lake in my house, and it's like <laughs> fucking brutal, dude. So, so, like, I have to ask, what kind of temps have you guys been rocking? Because it's cooling off here, but it's um, been, like, the upper to mid-90s here. Yes, us too. Jesus today Christ. Was, today was close to 90, but also thunderstorms. So it was nice and humid. Like, there really nice. <laughs> Just you know to make I mean? it thicker. Yeah. So it's it's like, oh, God, so... You know, and my wife wrote the uh, texted 
the HVAC guy and we got that good response with, you know, when you text somebody and go, Hey, um, <clears throat> you know, um, we have no AC in uh, the HVAC unit. And so if you could come and take a look at it, uh, we'd appreciate it this week or something. And <laughs> they just respond like, sure thing. <laughs> like not yep. like, sure. I have an open slot on Tuesday. It's just like, <laughs> okay. And you're like, okay. What do we do with that? Does that mean next week or tomorrow? So. That means you're going to get a phone call out of the blue. And the guy's yeah. going to be like, I'm like 20 minutes away. <laughs> we, you know, we are in a, a, a jam with a furnace unit. It's the one that was built with this house. Okay. Right. And it's the same unit where the heat kept going. And I kept mm-hmm. fixing the, the igniter. Mm-hmm. And, uh. You know, it's one of those things where you go, yeah, we're going to have to replace it. But then it's that's where you get it working again, then you forget all about it because it's working. And we had people come out once to look at it, and they were just like, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get it going again. But uh, <clears throat> this like, is going to have to be taken care of. At some we point. can't work yeah. on this anymore because it would be illegal <laughs> for us to work on it because, like, all the <laughs> – so it's out of date. Um, so, yeah. The one so we're gonna is, see if this guy is gonna fix it for us, or uh, or we're gonna have to spend like you know like fifteen grand to have the whole thing taken out and a new one put in. Hoping it for the might first. Might not be that much, but I could be wrong about this. But I had that happen where <clears throat> basically the 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 air conditioner didn't work right. There was like a condenser pipe or something that frosted over, and then when it melted because the air conditioning went out. It poured all the water onto the furnace and broke the furnace. So as somebody who's replaced the whole thing, it sucks. Mm -hmm. But it didn't hurt as much as I thought it would. Yeah. Like it was, Um, we're talking about, right, like we're talking about five figures here. So it's going to hurt. But It's going to hurt. Yeah. It's going to hurt less and you'll get a new efficient one. Yeah. (laughs) It's going to be way smaller than your last one. I can oh, promise great. you that they've been able to make these things the size of fucking like way smaller. They look like hot water co- or uh, hot water heaters, which also look like nothing now because mine's just like a a tank that, on the wall. A, but like, yeah, yeah, mine's a mine's a Ghostbuster back. Yeah, that one. Wall. Yes, that's exactly what mine looks like. <laughs> it wasn't um, cheap, but it was. It's cool to look at now. Yeah, it is. So, anyways, that's that's where I'm at currently right now. I'm down here in the cool. I believe all the kids and my wife are up on the couches upstairs. So, which means when I go upstairs to go to bed, uh, there's no room. <laughs> Most likely, I would be going up, up into the layer, up oh, into the Jesus, lake within a lake, do it. and and maybe sleeping up there in my underwear, a sheet. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't do it. Actually, I would. I have yeah, a well, better heat tolerance than most people. I remember, yeah. um, in my early twenties, having a Chicago apartment in college. In fact, late teens. And uh, yeah, there's no central air. There's no wall units in Chicago apartments. Not if you mm-hmm. can only afford the you know, college student rate and you're working part-time at Radio Shack. And I did work at Radio Shack because I was a fucking nerd. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, you just stripped off clothes and drank cold water and stuck your head in the freezer and did whatever you could when you woke up in the middle of the night. Um we were watching a movie recently, Jaws the Revenge, a gem. 
And Michael in that, he, they live in the Bahamas and he wakes up every night and he's coated in sweat. And Julie's like, he must not be healthy. He's coated in sweat. I'm like, no, fuck. He's in the Bahamas and he doesn't have air conditioning. That's just how you wake up. <laughs> yeah. It's how it yeah, is, Yeah, you just man. put the fan point blank on you. As well. <laughs> yes. You just lay there. Your body um, makes sweat so that you cool off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, you know, that's that's where we're at here. So I don't no, know. Well, you know, they man. all, you know, he has camp. Uh, you know, my daughter has stuff. To, my wife works. I don't have shit to do tomorrow, so it's all right. I can so be, you you've won, yeah. Even though you're gonna yeah, be in like the gremlins attic, but like sure, yeah, I'll be all right. <laughs> I'll be all right. You know. Um. Yeah, and that's it, really. That's it for my um. What I've done in the last few days, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, All right. You know, well, terrible. You're uh, <coughs> been up to here. Yeah, I had quite a bit. So let me just knock out the 40th birthday real quick. The like couple days before we left. In fact, it might have been the day before we left. Now that I think about it, so that's why we didn't talk about it. Went to my buddy Ryan's um, 40th birthday. So you're celebrating that. You can always tell when 40th. people are the younger side of 40. I guess I would say. Okay. Because of when the party started. It started at 8. Oh. On a Friday. All right. And his, he had kids younger than I did. His daughter is like 16, 15, 16. Right. And he's turning 40, right? I'm 41 and my daughter is just now like 12, mm. right? So like, there's that. She, in fact... I just realized she's not 12 yet. She turns 12 in like a month. So yeah, but, um, but yeah, so, um, so the fact that they started at eight, right. And we showed up and it's nothing but like the older relatives and a couple of friends. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, we got to leave by nine (laughs) because autumn was having a sleepover with her friend and they didn't want to come to this party, but we didn't really want to leave them home alone. We could, but we didn't want to. And I wanted right. to kind of show her like a birthday party, like show her how she might socialize in the future. And I was hoping since his daughter was like 15, 16, that there would be more kids there. There were not. It was all adults. So that tells you a lot. And um, <clears throat> it seemed like it was largely a drinking party. And so I was like, okay, so this is that kind of party. But we promised them we would leave by nine so that we could run over to the pool in our neighborhood and night swim because the pool closes at 1030. So it was a good trade-off. Um, oh. It also limits us to only being there an hour so that the kids have like a target, right? <laughs> and right. so we went to that, but and it was a lot of drinking. I just had one. They had really fancy whiskeys there. So I got one whiskey and just sipped it for like an hour. And I found a bunch of Magic the Gathering nerds and sat around talking. <clears throat> and my wife came up to me and she goes, it just fascinates me. I'm always just running around like a chicken with their head cut off, trying to like make plans or find people to socialize with that have several interests. And you're always in the corner and you found some batch of overweight guys who just want to talk about fucking nerd shit. <laughs> mm. Yep. Sorry. They brought me a bunt cake too. It was very nice. <laughs> No, they had cakes. like mini bunt cakes. So they, some dude came over with an MTV t-shirt cause it was an eighties and nineties, uh, thing. So I wear, a, I wore a pair of Zubas with a Tiffany mm-hmm. Amber Thiessen t-shirt that it's the famous Kelly Kapowski wall poster that Zach Morris 
from Saved by the Bell right. had on his in his closet. So I got a lot of credit. And then when I started talking about magic, they knew I was on the level, right? Trees, it's important to be the That's tallest right. pygmy. And so they brought me a um, a vanilla um, mini bunt cake with strawberry filling. It was it was to die for. I was on cloud nine. Um, but then they did. They came to me right before they sung the uh, birthday boy, happy birthday. We did that before because um, he got brought in as a surprise and we were all bombarding him with happy birthday as he walked in. And um, they were like, have another with us or just do a quick shot. And I was like, nah, guys, I gotta, I gotta be good. And I'm going to the lake in the morning. So no, grabbed a bottle of water and left. No one scolded me for having a whiskey, but that's pretty light for me. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but to be clear, usually I don't like to drink at parties and then drive. So I'm usually either not driving or I'm not drinking and I'm fine with that very clear cutoff. And it's not even about like not being able to control myself. It's just about minimizing liability, I guess is what I would say. I don't want to have to worry about it. You know, again, I do it like we go to weddings and I'll have like a glass of wine or two and just uh, drive home and everything. But like, I don't like, I just don't like to do it. I'd rather just drink sodas or something or waters for the night and uh, not worry about it. Um, but anyway, it was a good party, and I now have a group, Trees. I have a local group yeah, so, yeah. that does Tuesday night magic. And they're like, <laughs> we order pizza, and we get together, and we do Tuesday night magic, and you should come out. We've got decks we'll share with you, or if you want to make your own deck. And so I think I might do it. Like, not yeah. as often as them, not weekly, but I think I might do it. Yeah, yeah do it. So that was kind of cool. Why not? I got people's numbers. So He's <laughs> making connections. yeah. And then I left and then I heard from my buddy. I have a buddy who's um, actually sober. He's been sober for a few years. He uh, couldn't keep it under a check. So he did the right thing and he got sober. And so he showed up at the party. But one thing I've learned about people who are in their 40s who get sober is because they're not drinking. Mm -hmm. And especially because he chose not to have kids. um, They stay out late, right? Because if you're not drinking, there's nothing getting you tired in your 40s. Especially if you don't have kids. So he didn't show up to the party till like 1030 at night. And I was like, wow, the party was still going. He goes, that party went till one in the morning. Trees, how many 40th birthdays do you know go till one in the morning with heavy drinking starting at eight? (laughs) Like, you know, that's a group of people who like it's because he has a 16 year old daughter and no other kids. Right. Like, could you imagine having a party at your house going till one in the morning in your 40s? (laughs) Like, I I can't. I just can't. Jeez. That sounds insane. Yeah. And my buddy was telling me about it because, of course, he was the only sober one there. (laughs) He was like, they were drunk. Wife was throwing up in the back. (laughs) Actually, no. I don't know if she was, but people were throwing up, right? People were throwing up. Uh, Obviously, the birthday boy kept it together. I think he did a good job, and I think his wife did, too. But I can't remember for sure, and I don't want to throw anyone under the bus. Although I don't think they listen, and I know nobody knows who I'm talking about other than, you know, a handful of people who might listen. Um, But, uh, yeah, there was lots of chaos, people drunk, people (laughs) having to call Ubers and all kinds of stuff. I was like, man, yeah, no. That is not something I want to deal with at 40 or beyond. (laughs) No, no, no. I don't even think I wanted to deal with that in my 30s. Right. So anyway, but it sounded like they had a good time and it was a blast going there for like just an hour. 
and I had a very nice whiskey. It was so nice and smooth. It was a bourbon. I think it was like 70 bucks a bottle or something. It was so nice and smooth. Like you could taste that it was expensive. And so I was like, I'm going to take this slow, like real slow, like savor it. But yeah, it was good. And then, um, and then the next morning we got up and we went to the lake. So we go to the Lake of the Ozarks. Um, Fun fact, trees. I don't know if I've talked about it. I know I've talked about going to the lake, but Lake of the Ozarks is a man-made lake. It's like 11,000 acres and it was man-made in the late 20s. So they like dug out and made a lake. And my wa- my daughter asked me this. And for the first time in my whole life, I didn't have a good answer for her. She goes, how the hell do you get a lake to like, how do you fill that up? I get how you carve out the ravine for the lake. But like, how do you fill that up? Rainwater? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> There's a dam. There's Bagnell Dam. So I think it's a huge dam. But I don't know how you just like dump it out. I don't know. Huh. Maybe the dam can support it. I have no clue, but it's a ton of water. But it's a it's a it's a nice lake. It's very nice. Um, so we went out there. Usually we get that really small, compact cabin. I think I've talked about before. We didn't do that this time. We got a bungalow. So it was a two bedroom bungalow with five. Uh, let's see. It was one, two, three, four, five beds. So there was one in the living room, fold out couch. Three bunk beds, so technically that's six beds right there. And then there was a queen-size bed. And so it was me, my wife, and Autumn, and then my wife's friend. Um, But I've known her since I started dating my wife, so I've known her for a long time. And she is, um, unfortunately, relatively recently divorced, a couple years ago. And then her son. And they hadn't been on a vacation since the divorce. So this was a very good getaway for them. It had a great back patio and it had a dock. So we had everything we needed. Everything so, you need. So we headed down there. We had the dogs with us. We brought both corgis and the wiener dog. So we got to party. But um, my wife's friend had a Suburban. So a uh, a nine-seater Suburban was, or I think it was, no, I think it was, it could become a nine-seater, but it was an eight-seater Suburban, three levels. It was very well equipped to handle us. Um so we had a smooth drive. Corgis are actually really good driving dogs. You know, they just kind of look out the window and then they occasionally just lay down for a while and they look out the window and they lay down for a while and they pee like once the whole trip. It was like a three hour drive and they peed like midpoint. No accidents mm. in the car. No nothing. Um, what do you do on <clears throat> what do you do on long, long trips? So on long, long dogs trips, you just set a rule. Um, you set a rule that you stop at a rest stop every two hours. But the dogs always go with you. Um, usually, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they get kenneled up or they, you know. So we've done that when we fly. Like we went to Cleveland. We didn't drive. We flew uh, with my wife's family and they didn't want the dogs in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they had let the dogs in the house, I bet we would have driven and brought the dogs with us. You know. All right. uh, you have to pay extra for a place that has dogs, right? Uh, you don't have to pay yeah. extra at the place. So the place we stayed at didn't charge us extra, but usually it's more expensive because they support dogs. So, But we got down there. We got checked in. It was good. We left the kids. We ran up to Walmart. <clears throat> oh, no, it was Woods. There was a gas station hybrid 
grocery store, hybrid convenience store, all in one that was up the street from us. <clears throat> I should also point out this was more of like the lake. And what I mean by that is like there was a very steep gravel road <laughs> that like my uh, wife's friend like felt she had to go into four wheel drive. And I was like, nah, you'll see people driving fucking Cavaliers up and down this shit. Mm -hmm. Like it's crazy down here, but you turn off the paved road to get to this place. And it was in the side of a hill. Like there were very steep stairs. We were very worried. One of the dogs would trip because you know, they're short little midget dogs, but like, no, they didn't. Um, Sorry. Short people dogs. Um, But, uh, (laughs) but, uh, but they didn't No, They had good traction. Some about their claws. Right. They're, it's like they're equipped Good. to be so close to clinging, the ground. <laughs> clinging for life. Yeah. Very cautious so, dogs. Um, they did struggle with the fact that there's no yard, right? It was just gravel, rocks, and a and a a deck. And God bless the the youngest corgi, Drake. He looked at us and he was like, I'm not going to pee on this deck and I'm not going to pee on these rocks. And I'm not going to shit on them either. But you gave him three hours of being outside. He found the urge. <laughs> yeah. But he could not find grass. And we had this fun joke because he found this little patch of grass growing among the uh, gravel. And he just like turbo pissed all over it. <laughs> nice. So, but that aside, um, we had a good time. Uh, so we got there. We we enjoyed ourselves. We went to different restaurants and stuff like that. Um, the... Uh, the boy that went with us, um, my wife's friend's son, um, he is really into VR and he's got a gaming laptop. So he showed me, I got to play around with the MetaQuest 2, mm-hmm. the Oculus okay. Quest 2. And he got to show me, he plays like a game that's called like Ghosts of Something. And it was like Tarkov. Have you heard of Tarkov? Yes. Yeah, Tarkov is like heard. the hardcore. Yes, it's like. Yeah, it, it's, it's today's version of, oh God, what was the Valve? One, um, Counter-Strike. Mm-hmm. Tarkov is today's Counter-Strike. And he plays the VR version of that, which sounds even more hardcore. Yeah. And it was crazy to hear like a young gamer that was like 13. Yeah. You know, because he'd just be sitting there playing VR in the in the main room while we were like watching TV or doing whatever. This was when we had downtime. And then all of a sudden he'd, you'd hear him be like, hey, would you cover me? Hey, fuck you, man. And it's just, it's just very, right? Like he's, it's fine. It's part of being a gamer, but like, it was just very interesting hearing the gamer speak, like in the yeah. middle of like all of this, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, I think the two biggest days to talk about was we rented a boat one day. We got the pontoon, the tri-tune. And you, you always rent a, a pontoon. Boat, we do. It? We do. And we did the yeah. eight hour day. And, uh, so for a fun story. This is just so people can... I really liked that um, my wife's friend... I, I think I'll use her first name. It's a unique enough name, but I thought it was great because her name is Summer. And okay. we had Autumn. So we had Summer and Autumn. So people always asked us if like they were mother-daughter. And it was a weird thing. I think it's because my wife looks like... My wife is like roughly my age, right? She's in her late 30s. But she looks... If anybody's ever seen her before... And I think I've tweeted some pictures about her, and I know you've seen her in pictures, right? Like, she I'm not sure. If oh, I okay. Have. <laughs> My wife looks know. significantly younger than me, and definitely significantly okay. younger than her years. And actually, just to give perspective to that, I think I'll 
shoot you a picture of her, but um, but because uh, she I'll looks look. younger, people always assume that like she's not my wife. Right. I don't know. Um, here we go. Uh, right, let me let me send you a text of this was her and me. And my daughter at the recent uh, wedding we were at. Okay, let's see. Let's see. We go through this in in my household also because I'm older, a little older than my wife, but I look young. I don't look my age. So we deal with the same. You do look younger than your age because I think I look roughly your age, if not older. And (laughs) I've got like, right, like 10 years. You're like, you've almost got 10 years on me. Well, when you when you float through life like I do, uh, you plus it's very to, common yeah. out here. It's nope. extremely it common to have your second marriage be like a person who's ten, twenty years younger than you. But people definitely put oh, my yeah. wife in her late twenties. Oh yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I've, I might have even seen this picture before. Well, I've seen one. No, I've seen a picture like this. Yeah, I've seen your wife before. Sure. Yeah, yep. I don't think I've saw you, seen your daughter before though. That might okay. be the first time I've seen your daughter. Actually. She's getting tall too. She's five six now, so yeah, she's going to creep up on you. Yeah, yeah, I got a story about that too, um, mm-hmm. but uh, or a, a thing to say about that too in a moment. But anyway, people were you assuming have a young that, what? That, uh, not to cut you off in this picture that you sent me. Mm-hmm. If I put thick rim glasses on you, right? Sure. You're stunned. You're getting. I can see you playing a young. Um, who's the guy from like Best in Show and um, and uh, the Schmitz or whatever that is? Up oh, Schitt's Creek, like a young uh, Eugene Levy. Yeah, you got a <laughs> okay. you got a young Eugene Levy thing going on there. If you know you what? I'll take that. <laughs> you have like a the smirk you're making. Right, I can do the American thick, Pie thing. Yeah, I can. And do if that. you put the thick um, black glasses on, I think you could pull off a young Eugene Levy. I'm in. I, I take right. that as a compliment. It is a compliment. Yeah, that guy's great. Yeah, he is. He's a gem. So anyway, so <laughs> Summer is a little older than my wife, um, but they kept thinking I was with Summer, and my wife was like. The single person. Um, nobody like hit on her and stuff. It was the end of the season. I have never gone to the lake this late. For the record, we start school. We're recording this on Sunday night. We start school on Tuesday. So Tuesday, mm-hmm. August, what is that, 17th? No, 15th is when my daughter starts school. Oh, okay. So it's early. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, but uh, I forgot where I was going with this, but oh, so we get down there and we all get onto the boat and they're about to do the inspection. You do a little quick inspection of your boat. And Summer drops her keys in the lake. Oh. And she's got the car that we're driving. And so they've got this huge magnet that they drop down and try to you fish out magnet. your keys with it. Magnet fishing. But we found out later from the diver, which is where this story goes, that they're made of brass, so they don't connect to magnets. (laughs) So it wouldn't have done any good. But, like, seriously, like, just so people know, if you're in a lake, it's very common, especially one like the Lake of the Ozarks, which is a very touristy lake, right? It's not like, if you're in someone's remote lake, that can be a little bit more problematic, but in the mm. Lake of the Ozarks, it's a cottage industry to hire divers to go find your shit. It's 
a total cottage industry. And so, but it's your worst fear, right? To just drop your keys right there in the, before you even start your day. It's like fucking 10 in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. And so we called the diver. They have a ton of divers. And um, if people are wondering what the going rate is, it's 200 to 250, depending on the diver. Um, and uh, he was like, I can't get over there right now, but I can get over there later in the day. And he goes, so what's your situation? And we were like, well, we rented a pontoon boat. And he goes, okay, go out on the lake, have fun. I'll text you when I'm closer, when I'm ready to come over there. And okay. you can come back in and meet me. We'll fish out your keys and then you can go on with your day. Okay. And it just seems weird that they're going to leave it. And they were like, yeah, we'll leave that spot open. Right. So everyone was cool, but it's just weird to like, just do that. Right. And they said it was a dangerous place to dive because not like dangerous to the point that divers won't do it, but it was a dangerous place to like, go try to do it yourself because it's on the fishing place or the boat rental place that we were on was on an old construction site where when they blasted the constructions, uh, the, the, like a factory site, when they blasted the factory, shards of like tile, rebar, and glass all settled at the bottom. So it's a place huh. where as a diver, you want to be careful, wear a thick wetsuit, wet and use lights so that when you're fishing something out, you want to try to find the exact spot and you want to sift around there as little as possible because you don't want to run your hand along the bottom. You could cut it up pretty bad pretty easily. So... So then we went out on the boat. I'll come back to this story later, but um, it was not busy. So this was like the last week and most of the tourists were gone. So a lot of people viewed it as, this was on Monday morning. So most of the tourists were gone. And then it was a mild day. It was probably like upper 70s, lower 80s throughout the day and cloudy. No rain, but it was cloudy. And so... It was actually kind of nice because whenever you would go into, like, there's a state park right there where you can go find coves. We always do that and drop anchor and stuff like that. But you're always fighting for space and people come along and people act like jackasses and yachts come by and throw off your boat. And if your anchor's not, you know, the uh, I don't know how much you anchor out in a lake, but like in the Ozarks, you just get these light 20 pound anchors, right? On these big pontoon boats. Right. And you just yep. chunk it into the lake and you reverse it a little bit. You throw the throttle in reverse for like several feet and you just try to keep an open eye on it and make sure you're not getting too close to land, right? Um, right. And so we didn't have to deal with any of that. We'd just go find a cove. No one was there. Throw the anchor out. You kind of start in the entry of the cove and you drift a little bit, but you eventually hook on and you were good. So it was beautiful swimming and it was a lot of fun. Um, so that was that was a good intro into it. We got the dogs to start swimming. Um, Drake is probably the most swimmy of the dogs. He, he really wanted to jump in. He didn't have the balls to jump in, but if I went to the back of the pontoon boat where the ladder was... And that's the part that's like heaviest because the motor's there. So it was closest to the water. He didn't mm-hmm. mind if I picked him up. Like they all had life jackets that looked like suitcase handles, right? So there were two handles on them. And he's a long dog, right? I don't want to hurt his back. So if I had pick him up like a suitcase and just give him a one fake pump and then a second toss, he was usually pretty good about it and swimming around and stuff. So he was a good sport. Ray, the mom, didn't like it as much. She tolerated it, but she was kind of like, don't you ever fucking do that again? Mm. And Jack, 
was not having a good day. In fact, <laughs> trees, I think I've got a picture of this, um, which is absolutely hilarious where the dog, you can just tell he's like, fucking get me out of this. I'm not having a good time. Um, and it was absolutely hilarious. Um, but yeah, all in all, it was, it was good. Um, we enjoyed ourselves, but, uh, um, let's see. We also got to see a lot of like, we got to go various places. So I got much better with the boat. So we went to dog days, which is one of our favorite like dock place based places for lunch. And, uh, we knew again, it was dead. There was like no tables filled. There was like 10 people no. with us. Dog, um, dog days. um, do you need a boat license? So in Missouri, this is the weird rule. Yes, if you were born after 1-1-1984. And it's one of those things where eventually everyone will be too old or too young and everyone will need a boat license. Well, so, okay. But You're I don't because I was born before that. So wow, if weird. you're born before that, you can just go rent a boat and drive without doing anything. Wow. Yeah. So Summer was old enough to drive the boat. So was I. And Julie's not. And it always pisses Julie off because she'll never be old enough, right? She'll always need to get a license. Right. And they have huh. two choices. You can either take a quick test and you get a day boat license, but it's like 40 bucks or something. And you have to spend an hour with them in a classroom beforehand. So it's like a hundred bucks total, or you can get your actual license, but that takes even longer. And since we are not out there, you know, we are seriously contemplating buying a house out at the Ozarks though. And if we do that, she'll get her boat license. So, yeah. So we'll see, like I said, knock on wood. I, I don't know if I've talked about it much on the show, but we're pretty close to paying off our house. Um, like within a couple of years. So once mm -hmm. we do that, we may, you know, use that privilege and <laughs> buy ourselves an Ozarks house. But, <clears throat> but yeah, so, um, but usually it's a big headache. I think I've talked about this before. If I haven't, like Julie and her brother aren't very, he, usually he's with us and they're not very comfortable with tying up a boat when you're docking it in. And, um, so then he's trying to do it and he's not very good with driving a boat. So then he navigates us in really weird because these slicks are made for like two boats, like two pontoons or one big yacht, you know? And so, mm. but this time, you know, uh, Julie was pretty versed. Summer knew there were also dock girls. And I have to say, I brought it in beautifully. Like I brought the boat in exactly at the angle we needed, came in perfectly without them having to do much. And I even did the reverse throttle and got it to stop so that they didn't have to like pull it over or anything. So it went really well. I was pretty proud of myself. So yeah, it was a good day. Um, the second day we weren't quite sure what we were going to do. And the kids were getting a little bored in the middle of the day and it was starting to get mm -hmm. hotter and sunnier. It was a much better day and there was a lot more traffic on the lake. So I said, fuck it. Let's rent a water, uh, a um, wave runner. There you go. Yep. So Julie couldn't drive a wave runner and um, Summer could, but um, it just started to become very expensive, you know, for the kids. And then we'd have to stay together and you had to do it for like two hours. So you leave Julie in a position because the wave runners are for two people. So I just figured I'd see what we could do. I called them up and I said, help me with a pickle here. Like, I want to take the kids out 
on the Wave Runner, but you guys say two people maximum. But I would assume that's two adults. These two kids are both like 100 pounds and I'm like 185. Like, can I take both of them out mm-hmm. on the Wave Runner? And they were like, uh, yeah, you made the weight <laughs> limit. Like, you're not over it. And I was like, cool. So I took them out while the girls got to go out and have a girls' day hanging out at like the the pool bars, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Doing the pool bar stuff and having having a good time. So I took the kids out on the Wave Runner. I had to be a little nice because you have to take a cell phone out there because they have to be able to call you. And if you run into any problems, you got to be able to call them. And those compartments are not waterproof. At least the little dry compartment they had. They didn't have the one where you can lift up the seat and like store a bunch of stuff. So I was a little worried about flipping the Wave Runner. So I didn't go as crazy as I'd like. But I was doing like between 25 and 40 miles an hour over some pretty choppy waves. We were having a good time. <laughs> I showed them what a wave runner was like. Um, and I'll give, um, my daughter was a little more hesitant, but I'll give the boy that was with us credit. By the end, we went to the national park where we could run up and down at our own speeds. And he wanted to start jumping off the wave runner at high speeds, right? Like to see what it was like to fall off without getting thrown off. Yeah. And, um, by Still the end, he was safe. jumping off that thing at like 30, 35 miles an hour. He was, yeah, that's like getting tossed enough. off a tube, right? Like, that's a good. Yeah, it's probably not, far not the safest stiff, right? But, uh, yeah. No, because he wasn't like falling off the back. He was jumping off the side. Okay. Yeah, it was, I don't All think right. it was unsafe. I could be wrong, but we were just driving a straight line. He'd just jump off the side. All I don't right. know. He had a life jacket on. He loved it. I'm sure he's having a ball. Yeah. Everyone tell me if you think that was unsafe. <laughs> but uh, my daughter tried it too. 35 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. My, my daughter tried it at like 20, I think. And she had a good time well. too. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Uh, she was sure way more hesitant. So <laughs> I what I don't think she liked was climbing back on there. And I want to make make it clear like there are rules with wave runners and I'm a kind of rule follower. And for the record, just in case people were wondering, did not have a drop of alcohol that day up and into and including driving the wave runner. No, 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 yeah, no, no. You, Some you people do beard, it. I will not. You, you have a makeshift, uh, drink, little flask drink holder out of, out of, <laughs> yeah. uh, out of duct tape. And you said right. you, you can tape to the side. Oh, I'm not going to lie. The place we rented from and most rental places, they don't give a fuck. Oh, and I didn't tell the end of the story. So long story short, the diver did eventually show up and it was hilarious because he was like, where'd you drop it? She pointed. He threw down like a, a, a neon light attached to a rope that kind of helped him guide it. And he jumped in the yeah. water almost immediately. And then he came up after like two minutes and he goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't even ask you. Can you describe the keys so I know what I'm looking for? And she started describing and he just slapped him down right there on the dock. It was pretty fucking good. <laughs> um, so yeah, he found him immediately. Her fob doesn't yeah. work. She's going to have to replace that. But otherwise, everything was good to go. Um, there you go. But, um, but yeah, and... Uh, and it was weird that some of the things they fished out, like the iWatch, I was like, I didn't even know that the Apple Watch would like work once you drop it in the water. And why would you pay a diver 250 bucks to go grab a $300 watch? But whatever. Um, people have their opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, so, 
So yeah, I, I'm sure people drink on the lake. And if I had walked down there with a drink in hand, as long as I was subtle about it, they probably wouldn't have said anything about it. But no. So, right. but we did have some fun. Um, I stayed over 100 feet away from everything we we rode next to or, or jumped at. And again, when you're in the national park, you're like, or not the national park, the state park, whatever. There's like no one around you. It's just like open waters between two hillsides. Like, so it's just like a nice little lagoon kind of area where you can just, you know, have fun. But, um, but anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, we had a really good time. Went to some great bars and stuff. Um, trees. I got tricked. Uh-oh. I ordered a rum runner because it was on the menu and I right. got a big pink frozen drink. Oh. That was super sugary and mm-hmm. I drank it. <laughs> was it good? It was good. And I got buzzed and I got driven back to the house and I watched Queer Eye for the straight guy or whatever with the girls for like two hours. I had a good time. <laughs> but I don't, I don't love know. sugary drinks. It was a thing. No, I, I tend not to care for them. But. but it was fun. There was an umbrella in it. And there was a guy was who was singing Godsmack like he was a country singer. So that was fun. Um, Makes it worth it. But, uh, but yeah, we had a good time. Uh, there was also a place that made me think of you. Not because you'd be interested in being here, but I thought you'd have a field day with talking about it. Which mm-hmm. was... Um, so we were sitting there at, at a... We found a lunch place that did sushi... Asian food, and then they randomly had quesadillas and tacos. Oh. So Autumn and uh, the boy we were with um, got quesadillas and tacos, and we got sushi. And next to us were these beautiful, like, the one cool thing about the lake is you can, like, if if people don't go to Missouri, like, if you ever want to, it's a very cost-effective way to stay in very lavish places. Like, it's not cheap. Don't misunderstand me. But, like, if you've ever wanted to stay in like a 15, like a seven bedroom, 15 bed house that's very luxurious with like Florida wind, you know, ceiling to floor windows on a lake with a dock and bars and fun stuff around that's walking distance. <clears throat> you can do that in this place for like 900 a night, 800 a night, 700 a night, like, which isn't cheap by any stretch. But if you get 15 people, what's that? 50 bucks a head? Right. We did the math. It was like 50 bucks a head. And so it can be fun places to like stay in luxury for a weekend, right? For like nothing. Um, That's fun. And there were blue and pink houses. And I'm sure you can kind of tell where this was going. But it was specifically for bachelor and bachelorette parties. And they Mm -hmm. were gender specific. You know. And I said, that's weird. But I also noticed the blue and the green pink houses were intermixed. And I said, oh my God, this is super smart. You know why, right? No. Because you keep it limited so that like the, I, I'm sure the bachelor parties aren't worried about people wandering into their house. But you know, the bachelorette parties for very understandable reasons are worried, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you give them a secure space to be their own, but that doesn't mean there's not a lot of hot, drunk, corny young guys next door if you want to get your fuck on, right? Oh. Sorry, was I was that too vulgar? <laughs> if you want to get your party on. And then to boot, you've got this bar with a pool that serves sushi <laughs> and Asian food and Mexican food, right? 
that's right there walking distance across the dock. It's very yeah. smart. It is smart. And so I was yeah. like, oh, this is genius, right? Like, you know, I could find tons of societal issues with this, but like it or not, like people going to do what people going to do, right? I think that's the part that you and I have talked about a little bit on this mm. show, which is that like no one seems to understand the human factor of like you can't tell adults what to do in this country. Yeah. And nor do I think you should. And I feel like in a lot of socio-political debates, people lose sight of that, right? Like I think the end of every argument we've or not argument you and I have had, but any hot topic we've discussed on this show at the end of it is an adult that's just saying, let me do what I want to do. And it's really hard for me to not just go, that makes sense. If you're not hurting (laughs) anyone else, right? who the fuck am I to tell you how to live your life? Mm -hmm. And so that, that feeds right into here. Yeah. I'm sure you can find a ton of problems and there may be some issues with it, but at the end of the day, they give you the tools to have as safe or unsafe a party as you want to have. And mm-hmm. people are going to do it anyway. So why not make money off of it? It was actually really yeah. genius. I, I thought it was a genius idea. Sounds like a genius idea. You could also see those stupid couples, and I'm sorry to say this, but like, you know those stupid couples that are like, oh, the usually it's the girl who does this, but it's not exclusive to girls, who's like, oh, well, I don't want him to have a bachelor party with strippers because, well, he'll just cheat on me. And if your husband-to-be is going to fuck the stripper, <laughs> you got bigger problems. Yeah, you got bigger. Yeah, you got bigger. <laughs> but, than that. <laughs> but that said, you know that solves that problem too, where he's like, well, just you have your bachelorette party next to where he's having his bachelor party. You guys mm-hmm. can even have some fun and pretend that like you don't know each other and like hook up, right? Like that's kind of a cool idea. So it is what it is. But mm-hmm. anyway, we had a good time at the Ozarks. The keys were saved. Nothing was a big deal. We did lose a JBL Bluetooth speaker though. Also to the waves got knocked in. So yeah. Summer got to learn Bruno. how how aggressive the lake is. Bruno's cost shit. 10 bucks. JBL speakers. Eh, it was 50. But yeah, she wasn't freaking out about it. She... She gave it the appropriate amount of attention, <laughs> is what I'll say. And the last night we were there, Trees, I found a um, a Chinese restaurant that's really just known by the locals. You won't find it on websites or anything. And it was fucking amazing. And the family that ran it was amazing as well. So for those of you out in Lori, Missouri, who go to the Mystic Dragon, massive shout out. It was fucking amazing. And it was cheap, too. She was beside herself when the total was like 40 bucks and I gave her a $20 tip because I was like, holy shit, this is a shit ton of food for 40 bucks. <laughs> I couldn't believe mm. it. Out here, we would have paid like twice that for that much yeah. food. So it was amazing. And I was like, this was like a family just trying to make it make ends meet. They didn't look like they were hurting either, but like I give credit where credit's due. So it was fantastic. There you go. So, but the one thing I wanted to tell you that was cracking me up was, so my daughter slept in the, so there were two bedrooms and we, we had like the doors open and everything. So people could come and go as they please, but we designated bedrooms and stuff. Okay. Okay. So like we started one night in the queen bed, my wife and I, and then summer took one of the bunk beds. And then I think her son slept above her 
they were in bunk beds, right? It was her and her son on one bunk beds. And then Autumn took the top bunk of the other bunk bed area. And um, the dogs were whiny bitches. So Julie eventually moved to the bunk beds and put the dogs in the bed with her. And I slept alone in the queen bed, which I didn't have a whole lot to complain about. Um, you know, it's funny how marriage, right, changes that, right? You're like, oh, that's that's a good time. Whereas, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, I, I have my unmarried friends who are like, you were wor- you didn't like not being able to like cuddle up to her. I was like, fuck no, we we enjoyed our space. We were fine. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I passed my daughter. I was it was in the morning and she like walked past me and I bumped into her. And she's like just tall enough, and I was just tired enough in the morning that I was like, watch it, bitch. <laughs> she looked at me and she goes, rude. And then when she spoke, I suddenly realized I thought it was my wife. Yeah. And it was my fucking daughter. <laughs> Way to go, Fred. You <laughs> it will never be the same again. It was weird. She's like a small adult now. It's just. She was like. I need to watch what I say, but like you. still like. Yeah. It's weird when they grow up and like start to look like adults. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm, like I'm like Autumn's like five, six, five, seven. She might be five seven at this point. She's been eating a shitload at night. Um and she's tall and it's just weird. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's when weird. they become like adults. You know, it is. So, I have an old sixteen year old. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I, I if it's just her and me talking, I guess I, my my language isn't as strict as it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I'll, you know, I'm not dropping f bombs, but I, I swear like normal for the most. She's heard it before, so she's no, uh, you know. And I won't lie, I'll drop an f bomb from time to time, but I'm not looking to do it. She's used to hearing it now, but but either way, it was um, it was a good time at the lake. I say that. It was a good time. So uh, really enjoyed it. Came back. Work wasn't too bad. So ready to, to rock it out. Although I'm I'm getting pretty close. A couple weeks away from um, PAX. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And uh, I've started signing up for the panels I want to go to. They have got like now a where, cool... Oh, sorry. Where is this again? Which so PAX? PAX West, PAX West in Seattle. Where? Seattle. So it's Labor Day weekend in Seattle. All right. So me and my buddy Matt are going to go. We're going Saturday and Sunday. We will be in Seattle, though, Friday through Sunday. Although I get in late on Friday, like 8.30. So I get the feeling once I get to downtown. We're staying downtown right by the Pike Street Market where the convention center and everything is. So I get the feeling once I take the subway downtown or, God forbid, have to grab an Uber, it'll probably be closer to 10 o'clock. I'll probably just want to eat something and pass out. Um Seattle memory serves as a town that falls asleep pretty early too. And mind you, 10 o'clock Seattle time is midnight my time. So <laughs> I'll mm. be a little more tired. Um, but we're going to be there Saturday and Sunday at PAX. And then Monday, I think Matt's got to leave early, but I'll be around. So I don't leave till Monday in the evening. So okay. I'm staying there long. I'm kind of, I didn't take off. I don't get until midnight my time on Monday, like, Monday at midnight, so technically Tuesday at midnight. And I'm thinking I might want to take off Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Thinking that might be a smart move. So I think I'm going to talk to my boss tomorrow and get Tuesday off. Um, but uh, 
But yeah, looking forward to it. We got a couple of events going on. We're going to go two packs. And if anyone's out there and wants to hang out, like I think I'm going to, you know, no one's reached out. So I'm guessing no one's going. But if anyone who's a listener does want to go, or if you don't want to have to like reach out to us and say anything, I think I'm going to pick a uh, a place we're going to be at and just tweet about it. So just follow me on Twitter and um, I'll tweet that out. But it'd be cool to bump into a listener too. Um but uh, but yeah, I've started looking at the panels and stuff. They have an app, so you can already see like the map. You can see the stuff, but it's a little less like E three these days, where there's a. L- it seems like there's a lot less like preview games to play and a lot more like fan stuff to do. So it's really become like a celebration of gaming, and I'm looking forward to that. The other thing was I did Matt unfortunately did not, to my knowledge, but I did get into the Nintendo special event they're doing. Oh, okay. So Nintendo outside of PAX is doing an invite only like event across the street from the convention center. And so when you buy your PAX passes, you can just like say like, I'd like to be in the drawing for it. And unfortunately I was hoping we'd both get in even if it was on different days, but he did not. And I did. And trees I did, they had a special event that you can enter a raffle for, and I got picked for it, which is a Legend of Zelda symphonic uh, concert. Huh. They're doing a bunch of choice tracks from the Legend of Zelda for free. You just turned in for the raffle. And um, I got in. So I on Sunday morning, I get to go see a like 45-minute concert of choice selections from the Legend of Zelda put on by Nintendo. So that's going to be... From the franchise. So that sounds pretty cool, right? Like, yeah, that's something I'm looking forward to. I think that'll be a fun thing. Um, and then the only other thing we did was the Stranger Things experience is there while we're in town. Which is? It's like the way they described it is kind of like a haunted house slash museum. Okay. Set in the Stranger oh. Things universe. So we're going to do that Sunday night. So I'm looking forward to that. So that'll be fun. It's in Seattle for a limited time. I think it was in LA before. So, but yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Getting ready for that. Getting ready to go out. Um, Checked in with my Airbnb folks. Um, The hosts, him and his husband, they seem really nice. Um, We're not going to be there much. (laughs) I told him, I was like, we're going to be at conventions and bar hopping, but, uh, but yeah, it'll be good. And I got some friends who live out in Seattle, so I'm looking forward to seeing them too. So oh, that's good. Then. But yeah, good time. So yeah. So just gearing up for that, getting ready for that. But yeah, it was, it was good to unwind. So, and I think now, I've gone on for, oh, there was, there was one last thing I wanted to mention to you. Oh, sorry. You were going to talk. No, I was just saying now it's back to the grind, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm getting better with the work grind. So I'm cool with that. Um, the one thing I want to mention though, trees, and I don't think you're going to want to listen to this, but I figured I'd I'd share it with our listeners because you know me, I'm very analytical. So, um, I was listening to, um, uh, it's called triple click. It's uh, Jason Schreier, Maddie Myers, and, uh, Kirk Hamilton. They used to be at Kotaku and then they, they aren't there anymore. They've gone on to different endeavors and they kept their show. So they're on the McElroy, the, um, oh, I forget what it's called. Maximum Fun Network. 
And on it, Kirk recently mentioned he listened to a podcast that was called Into It with Sam Sanders. Into It with Sam Sanders. And he did an episode featuring a... Um, she's like a journalist named Tressie McMillan Cot- Cottom, C-O-T-T-O-M, that was called Country Music's Race Problem. And it was all about the Jason Aldean and other oh. situations that recently came up. Okay. And so I wanted to listen to it because it kind of talked about like the history of country music and where these controversies came from and what is most likely happening, like the business side of music. And things like that and their take on this because it's pretty heavily scrutinized, right? And where that's coming from and stuff like that. Where I don't think you'll be that interested in it is this podcast, for better or worse, clearly has an agenda. It is on the other side of what we were talking about. Like they are, they think these are bad things and Uh they struggle with it. Uh, Basically the concept, although I don't know that I necessarily disagree with it, which is that largely pop country music in this country is done by white people for white people and this and that. But again, I go back to this old thing. It's like, well, black people have every right to listen to country music. And if they don't, and I had no idea that they don't, these people claim it. They have nothing to back their, their opinions other than the fact that they are themselves black. So that's a decent enough reference point to make them more authoritarian on it than me. But that doesn't say much. Um, They definitely have an opinion and an agenda with this show. But it did, they do give some historical context. So you can really discern where they're speaking facts versus when they're addressing opinions, right? So it gave me a good background to just kind of dissect that stuff, right? And they even do a a cross-reference with like, you know, like hip-hop culture, right? Which was traditionally Mm -hmm. black and it has white people now entering into that space and stuff like that. So what I'll say is I didn't agree with 100% of what they said, but it was worthwhile to listen to, to kind of unpack a lot of the situations you were talking about and see another perspective. It didn't change anything really to me. It didn't change my opinion or anything like that, but it was informative. And so if anyone out there is interested in just kind of getting a perspective, it's a perspective Um, Mm -hmm. It's Into It with Sam Sanders. And just so you know, there's about 4,000 podcasts with the title Into It. So I wouldn't just look for that. (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, it's interesting. But, you know, I mean, again, it, it kind of addresses exactly what Jason Aldean's song addresses in that these are two black people who live in major cities in the entertainment industry and are journalists. Their Mm -hmm. perspective is going to be extremely different than say those in Sedalia, Missouri, right? Or those in South Alabama, right? Like I don't, I, I could be wrong, but I would imagine that if you actually live in these small towns that Jason Aldean purports to be singing about, you probably don't write for the New York Times. <laughs> yeah. You're living a different life and you're living a, I don't know, a different perspective. And one thing mm-hmm. I do know about the South, contrary to popular belief, is that it has a great deal of um, black 
and other minority populations, despite what people might think. <laughs> and I'll just leave it there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was interesting to hear, but it was just something I listened to on the ride down there. And I figured I'd mention it real quick because it was interesting. And if you want to check it out, you can. It's like a 45-minute show. Um, I I don't, you know, I just wanted you to know in advance that uh, they don't seem to be out to convince you of anything, but they also very clearly have a perspective um, that probably differs from a lot of the target audience of, say, a Jason Aldean show. Mm-hmm. So. Everybody has opinions. Yep. Yep. And, and I just wanted to hear those. So yeah, I was opinions curious. Can be, like everything, opinions can be wrong and misguided. <laughs> yes. Like, you know. And limited scope and various other issues. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of funny how in the middle of the episode, um, the the guest, Tressie, mentions her doorman in the Upper West Side, right? <laughs> it's yeah, like, well, okay. Exactly. So, yeah. it's kind of, no <laughs> how many offense, farmers but know what it's like to walk your dog out by a doorman, right? Yeah. Like, no, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, you, you had me in the beginning. I'm just like, yeah, okay, I don't, yeah. They, they kind of, no offense, don't know what they're talking about. Right. So, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a weird thing. Well, it's hard to blindly trust someone's opinion. And, and they don't ask well, you to, but like, yeah. Well, it sounds like they have an opinion on something they know nothing about. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I can't speak to that, but they say they're country fans, but then they mention tons of country stuff and they don't like what I would call traditional country. And I mm-hmm. think to truly dissect and pick apart, let's say Jason Aldean's song, you need to hear from like, if you think that, it's problematic for black people, then I want to hear from a black person who's a Jason well, Dean fan in their opinion. The, like, the problem is if it's problematic for black people, it's because you're inserting black people into the song where it's not inserted in the first place. Do you know what I mean? You're making it problematic for yourself because you're inserting something that isn't inferred. So, yeah, and I guess to cut to the chase of no. that, yeah, I, I think that was my one part where I'm like, I want to hear your perspective, but that doesn't mean I'm going to blindly follow it. And the reason for that is, right, there are definitely some conclusions being drawn. Because he's saying, you know, don't try that in a small town because we take care of our own. And they go, they're talking about white people. He's like, no, we're talking about community, like our community, which involves everybody. Right. And so whoever is your community so the flip side to that so, and, and i'll just identify know. it and we'll leave it because we've we've kind of talked about this enough yeah and i'm not trying to convince you nor do you i think nor do you <laughs> you you've clearly done your own research on the situation and are, well, are more knowledge been, about it than even i am but i've you know for against my will right because <laughs> i'm a country fan my wife is but i've been following this dude for over 10 years Mm-hmm. So I think I know what his message is and how he feels about uh, everything. And I, as I, far would as like, safe, I, so I would say that's safe. I would say a safe assumption. It's funny um, to listen to people take something out of context and then tell you what this guy is. Yeah, and I think that's my After, my point in this you know. is they say like, oh, well, he says this isn't about black people, but we really know it is, and stuff like that. So there there are comments made where it's yes. like, okay. 
I'm not saying you're wrong, but you're asking me to take a logic leap that I don't know that I'm comfortable taking. It's fine if you, uh, we get back to the age old thing. Like I'm fine with adults doing adults, right? You do you. Mm -hmm. It's fine if you want to take that logic leap. And if you want to take him to task and you want to walk that path, then do it. Like, who am I to tell you not to? But at the same time, pump the brakes on me. I'm going to make my own opinions and my own assumptions. Mm -hmm. And you're asking a lot to ask me to blindly assume that because you are telling me this is secret coding and he has a secret Mm -hmm. agenda. I don't know. I guess I would say at face value, I'd like to believe people aren't that conniving and and to be fair they do say like i'm not saying jason aldean is that way because i guess he didn't write the song either but it's that like his people in trying to keep him relevant in show business might be doing that stuff and i'm like okay that's also not hard for me to believe this all plays Mm -hmm. right i can see your perspective on this but you are still asking me to just take you on blind faith for a lot of this. And that's where you start to lose me, right? Like, I don't want to have to trust you. It shouldn't matter. Mm. So that's, that's like I said, it gives me another perspective. But like, right, like, take it in stride. Take it for face value. Take it for what it is. It is, like you said, it is merely one person's opinion or a couple of people's opinion. Nothing more, nothing less. And take the take the opinion or the bullshit for what you see it for, right? Like, you can either agree or disagree, and you can either listen or not listen. But if you're interested, they do do a good job of breaking down the history of country and stuff like that and how that happens and kind of where people's issues are. And I do like that part because a lot of people just want me to side with an agenda without telling me why the fuck I should even care. And at least I'll give them that they do break it down for you. So there you go. Anyway, probably talked long enough and about various subjects. So why don't we break it into games? First and foremost, this kind of is a show about games. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> we should break Often it. Often not. <laughs> Often I wonder what this show is talking about. So I can try to get confused myself. So trees, what the yes. fuck you been playing? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> How you like that for an answer? Bum, bum. Um, let's see. Well, you know, it's all like again. It's only been like th- two days or three days, or three days or something. That's a good point. I, I'm sorry. Bro, when we did um, this show, I just realized you talked about what you were playing on the last show. So yeah. Well, you know, I um, I talked about it, but I finished up Shipbreaker. But now I'm sort of free to like just go through those. Max out my levels and see what that does. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably pretty much achievement hunting at that point. There you go. Right? Man so, after my own heart. So if I want to do that, I can keep doing that. Um, and then um, I said, I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to play something. Like I'm gonna, I want to play through something. Okay. So um, I went on my PS5 and I was like, then I, I said, I always click on the free tab. Like I go to see what my games are, right? Like mm-hmm. what are my games? What are my games this week? And um, see what they added and stuff. And I always end up on the free tab. I don't know why that fast, the, the free tabs fascinate me on the Xbox and the PlayStation. They always have. 
Like whatever's th- thrown in there for free shit. And it's really weird when I see like mobile games <laughs> for yeah. some reason that they threw that they got on a PS5 and you're like, Jetpack Joyride, what the fuck? Why is that <laughs> yes. on the PS5? That's you know what I mean? Like example, yes. Yeah, it's just like, what is going on? And so uh, new, fairly new for like the consoles is uh Puzzle Quest 3. Remember Puzzle Quest? I do. I do. Remember the revolution that that happened when Puzzle Quest came out on the DS? Is like this is what the DS was for. Like it was like Puzzle Quest was like this revolution to like match three gem games. Remember, like it's like an RPG, (laughs) but it's fucking match three. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I remember, um, like, because like every now and again, I'll go into. You know, just like games that were released on various platforms and stuff like that. And you'll get to like, what was it, DS or something? And you'll be like, Puzzle Quest? What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a thing. They made, yeah. And then they tried to follow it up with, uh, what was the space one? And it failed, tanked miserably. And I can't remember the name of it. Oh, good question. They did like Puzzle Quest 1 and 2 or something. And then they tried to make like a, it was, it played more like Hexic HD instead of like a mastery game and people hated it um galactrix galactrix <laughs> people hate it yeah. and they went back to the well they went back to their their, their comfort food right quest. um but i found it weird that puzzle quest 3 was uh was free to play i guess it's on everything um here's the funny thing is i'm not new to match three games on uh, a console Right, they put uh, the Marvel one on mm-hmm. there. The one, uh, what's it called? What's that? The Marvel Quest is it just called Marvel Quest. I can't remember. Um, but they put that on consoles. Like you could go play whatever that Marvel one is that's in there. Um, and then there was one I used to play called Gems of War, and I used to have it on my phone. Yeah, and then they had it free, free for all. And it was a weird game because it was like this weird art that looked like bad comic book art. Like it looked, yeah, it didn't look like this like professional. I don't know. It looked janky. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there was like a lot of shit going on. Like with Gems of War. Like there's a a lot of like that free to play stuff, like login bonuses every day in currencies and events that are still going. Like if you go to Gems of War, there's like, yeah, there's a lot going on with Gems of War. And that's kind of what this Puzzle Quest 3 is. I logged in and I was like, I oh, don't play me some Puzzle Quest 3. And uh, yeah, it's like one of those games. You log in, you get like a daily bonus. And then there's like, but the fun thing with Puzzle Quest is <clears throat> you you get a, you equip gear, you know, like an RPG, you find gear when you win matches. And then you can, you know, with currencies that you earn, you can upgrade all your equipment, swap it out for more rare equipment. It's very strange now in the original puzzle quest you managed the homestead if i remember like a like a castle like you built like blacksmith you built like a stable right like you had like mm-hmm. and as you upgraded those you got extra stats for your uh play stuff you played um and it's much of that but it has a cool i thought it looked cool because i was so used to gems of war with that like high school drawing looking art that uh you know, Puzzle Quest 3 has, like, 3D, like, 
you know, models of like things on the side, you know, like puzzle fighter, you know what I mean? It's like drag it on one side and you're on the other side. You pick a character with, that has different traits. It's very strange. Very cool. I liked it. I liked it. Cause I loved on my, um, my 3ds. I played a ton of that. Was it puzzle times dragons? What, what's that? Remember that one? And puzzle and dragons. Puzzles. Yep. Puzzles and dragons versus Mario and cross Mario and whatever. Um, I don't know. Those are the same people that did Puzzle Quest? I have no idea. I but, don't um, believe so. I don't think they have. But it plays the same. So Puzzle Quest isn't just like you match three and then stuff happens. It's you have uh, action points and you earn them and you know, through stats you get more. Uh, but you make moves. Um, so you try to line up as many colored gems as you can with these moves before it like, uh, – yeah, no, gung-ho did Puzzle action. and Dragons, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah. Um, they ripped off Puzzle Quest, I think. <laughs> um, and then, you know, if you can make a line going across or up, it stuns the enemy. So, anyways, a lot of Puzzle Quest 3 I was playing on my PS5, which, again, I got distracted because uh, I was on my way to look for, a, like, real game to play. So that took up a night or two of my time, Puzzle Quest 3, <laughs> playing that. Um and then I settled, Fred, on Miles Morales. I finally installed it. It took me like a few days. Like one day I, I looked at it, and then the next day I installed it. And then the next day I like started it, but you know, didn't really play it. And then it took me a few days for the engines to get heated up before I played it. And then the last few days I've been playing it. And uh that's a fun game. That is a fun ass Spider-Man game. A uh, little overwhelming. A very good Spider-Man game, yes. A little overwhelming, to be honest, because I haven't played a game with that many mechanics in a while, mm-hmm. where it's like they show me like a hundred different things I need to do all within like 20 <laughs> minutes. Because you know, it's like a shorter bite experience than like the full Spider-Man game, so they, they throw right. it in quick because they're assuming you just played the other Spider-Man in a more recent manner instead of like two years ago. So I'm just like... Fuck, man, like, like all the moves and how to swing around. And then they're giving me apps and fucking gadgets to upgrade and skill trees. I'm just like, Jesus, crates to open up and memorabilia <laughs> to find. And I'm like, God damn, man. And it and I've been playing for a while, but it still feels like I'm in a weird tutorial, even though I don't think I am. Because they're just constantly throwing shit at you. You know what I mean? Yes. So it almost feels like, oh, you're going to like let go of my hand here? Can I go? Or are you just always going to be yelling at <laughs> me? Like, way to go. So, yeah, I don't know. It's cool. I, and, and, I've, and I've always liked their alternate take on Spider-Man shit that we know. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, you know, this has, you know, obviously Miles and his his uncle Aaron, you know, which, mm-hmm. you know, if you're like into the Spider-Verse, you know how that played out in, in you know, and that movie and stuff. So it's cool seeing it in this, like in a different sort of take. And I've always liked uh, Insomniac's version of like costumes and stuff in the way they handle like heroes, you know, uh, heroes and villains, like their different takes on how they look. I, I always liked how they, I don't know, they made their villains and, and stuff not seem so corny. Very much so. Possible. Yes. Um, although I did write out the gate get a chuckle because obviously you played this game, right? When it came out, probably multiple times. And then I played it recently, like within the last three months. Okay. So 
Maybe even last <laughs> the two. Very, but yeah. The very first thing you do, right, <laughs> is you fuck up because Miles is always, he's like new. So he's always like screwing things up. And uh, like they're, they're flying the rhino to like the Ark or mm-hmm. wherever. And he gets loose. Yep. And so the whole first segment is this cool like whole chase scene and trying to, but I'm like, why did they take his suit from him? Like, why, oh, <laughs> why is he locked up in his suit? So, Can it come off or will he die? Yes, exactly. It's grafted to his skin. So Okay, that makes more sense. I don't remember I'm like, if that's explained in the first game, but I think it is. All right. So I know that about Rhino naturally, though. Yes. Yes, I mean, you're because I just thought that was hilarious. I'm like, gee, you think they would have took that off of him when they were delicing him or some shit? When they were trying to give him yeah, his, no, they can't his take it off of him. That's kind okay. of the, the the part of it. Yeah. So. All right. All right. But he was cool, and uh, I do remember him from the first game. Um, even though the first game was a while ago, so I'm a little dicey. I'm I'm happy they had a recap at the beginning of Miles. Yeah. Can hit like a, they <laughs> yes, show a little they movie. Did. Yes. And I'm like, and I forgot a ton. Like, I forgot how much Miles was in the Spider-Man game. Yeah, it's true. Like, in, in yeah, my head, a it was like, character oh, in that first yeah. half, especially. In my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, he they had a little cutscene with him. And I'm like, oh, no, that's right. I was sneaking around and shit with him. Like, I <laughs> totally yeah. forgot. Um, although, much like Peter's design in the first game, you know, I didn't play it after they redesigned him a little. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, and how shocking. That's a jarring. <laughs> I got used to him. I definitely got used to him. He become my Peter Parker. You know what I mean? Um, but this was jarring to see Miles because now into the Spider Verse's Miles is like in my head. My mm-hmm. as my Miles. You know what I mean? Uh, and he kind of sounds like him, but yeah, he doesn't look anything like the cartoon uh, Miles Morales. So very it kinda, true. Yes, it it's off putting because I think into the Spider Verse. I think. Um, that Miles is like they nail, nailed that character design for him oh, in yeah. that cartoon. Oh yeah. And so, I agree. Um, but again, it's it's funny having all these alternate takes and seeing all the different stuff. Um, it never gets bored swinging around, right? <laughs> it's just effortlessly fun to just swing, and I'm so happy um, that when you're swinging around. Like the old school games, like you don't have to look for points to hook on. You, like you just swing. It's like Assassin's Creed running from rooftops. You just hold a button. So down, funny you mentioned. And he would just keep. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, it's called foreshadowing. Uh-huh. Um, I love it. But but you know what I mean. It's fun just to like yeah. I'm just holding this trigger button down and I will swing where maybe I need a little boost here and there. True. But I'm just gonna keep swinging. And if I don't have no place to swing, I just land on the ground. I don't die, I get hurt. It's true. Just yeah. land. I just land. It's fun. Um, so, yeah, like I said, the combat, there's a ton of shit with the combat that's, I'm still, I can't remember it all. You know what I mean? I'm just like, what? Jump swings and this and that and blah. It's like, there's a lot going on. The combat, so, yeah, is still complicated. They, I still feel like Spider-Man games have always had overly mm-hmm. complicated I don't know the way to phrase it, but like they just have so many control schemes. Maybe yeah, it's just too. Maybe you don't need that much. (laughs) Maybe you don't need that many options. It's too complicated. It's a lot of stuff going on, but it's still fun to sneak around and web people up. You know what I mean? Definitely yank them off the ground and stuff. Um, And I am playing it on. um, So there's like four settings. There's like 
Oh yeah. I forget the name. It's like, you know, your neighborhood friendly Spider-Man, which is like cinematic mode pretty much. It's like you can't die and get hurt. Uh-huh. Uh, then there's then there's friendly or something. Then there's normal and then there's hard. I'm playing it on the second setting. So I okay. went one below the normal setting because I'm like, I just wanna I just wanna cruise through. Right. And um because I'm sort of in a weird way prepping for the new one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When the new one, Spider-Man 2 comes out, I'll play that on normal. But this one, I just kind of want to cruise through, see all the stuff. Um, it's fun collecting the crates and stuff. It's it's fun swinging. Right? I get distracted very easily, stuff on the map. <laughs> um, I like all the suits. So far, the one I use right now, he's wearing like he has headphones around his neck and like a like a I know the one you're with talking the coat about, yeah. on. So I like that one. His backpack, you know. Um, yeah, I've only played. So I've played oh, through it the, before, so I got to play through this one with all the suits unlocked, 100% of the suits yeah, unlocked. Yeah, yeah. the final suit you unlock by beating the game. And, of course, I spent my whole time playing as um, the the Miles Morales from the Spider-Verse movies. Yeah, it is, the, yeah. The one I picked. Yeah, like yeah. The cartoon one, yeah. yeah. I don't think he's unlocked yet. I can see it. Like, mm-hmm. I see it, but I haven't unlocked him. Um, yeah, there's some cool-looking suits, man. So, um, yeah. So that's that's real. I've only played it like yesterday and today, pretty much. I played a lot of it today. I was sitting around um, playing it. So, but doing a lot of busy work also because I was again. I'm going here, but then there's a crate right there. Yeah, <laughs> DB. You know what I mean? It's right there. Why? Well, I'm not gonna. Why? Maybe I won't be back. Yeah, go get it. Um, and then you're there, and you're like, well, there's a crate and another thing right there and then they're like oh there's a robbery down there you know what i mean like i can't get to the mission point because i just keep you know bouncing into everything um anyways it's a fun game uh and even though i only played a you know i played a few hours of it mm-hmm. but it says i'm like over like 15 percent or 20 you know what i mean like it says i'm in there so i'm like you can tell it's a shorter experience you know oh, so yeah I'd say the campaign's eight hours. Yeah. So I w- I'm going to run through it this weekend. You know, I have some time. Or this week, I should say. I'll get I'll get back through it. So, But that's pretty much um, what I've been playing for the most part. My, my Marble Snap. I'm always playing my Marble Snap. So I've been playing that. I have a, um, a new strategy that I find fun, Fred. Go on. That I'm, that I'm, I'm trying. My Modoc. My Modoc deck. <laughs> Go on. So uh, there's two distinctions. There's discard deck and destroy mm-hmm. deck, right? Um, okay. When you destroy a card, um, you're you're destroying them. You're taking them completely out of play. Like you're mm-hmm. destroying them. They don't exist anymore. Um, except for, I believe, like... Um, Deadpool and Wolverine, where they like, um, because they regenerate, they regenerate and come back with more points. Discard is losing cards from your deck, like you, you're discarding cards. It's a, it's, a, it's a distinction, you know what I mean? Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, destroy is a card that's already on the field and you're destroying it. Discard is you're discarding shit out of your deck before you play them, All right? Uh, you're a card guy, you know what I, exactly what I mean. Oh, I know exactly so, what you mean, yeah. Um, so I have a few ca- I have Modoc, right? He if you play him, he will he will 
discard every card in your hand. Not in your deck, but that's showing in your hand. He will discard all of them. He sort of floats up and zaps them all, right? Mm-hmm. And you're saying, geez, what the fuck? Why would you want to do that? Because <laughs> then you can't play. Yes, yes, that's what uh, I'm saying. Well, I'm like, trees, why the fuck? So I also have Hella. Hella brings back all your discarded cards and plays them on the field. Yes, right? okay. So the problem there, though, is what if Hella's in your hand and then you use Modoc? He's gonna, he's gonna discard her. Then you're fucked. You can't use her, right? Mm-hmm. Also, um, and the problem is, Modoc is a five card. She's a six. So you'd all, always, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How do you get around it? Well, I have Invisible Woman, right? So Makes Invisible sense. Woman, once she you play her, she's a two cost. Uh, none of those cards you play after in her space, they're all hidden and they don't flip over into the very end. So you can sort of organize which the order that you want them to flip over. Right. So then I also need more time because I, I need to make sure I get these certain cards in my hand. Right. Cause then it's all for nothing. It's all random. Right. So I also have magic who will add an extra turn to the game. So instead of six, you'll get seven turns. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I have, I have a card you can fill me in here, Fred. I believe her name is Crystal. I do not know who she is. I've never seen it before mm. in Googler. You know? Yeah, because uh, I don't know her. Yeah. I mean, I have a cool variant of her. And, uh, Crystal. Interesting. Yeah, Marvel, Marvel Snap Crystal. Or just my, I believe it's Crystal. Um, it is Crystal. You're right. Okay. I just don't know who she is. So I don't know what her power Maybe is. Dazzlers. In... No, <laughs> I don't know what she does in comic books. But her power in Marvel Snap is she she'll add an extra card. She'll add she'll let you draw an extra card into your hand. So all my cards that I play are to get as many cards in my my playing hand as I can, so I can get all the cards I need. Right. Mm-hmm. I also have Morbius. Oh, Morbius. Shit. I know who Morbius is. So real quick, Crystal is a Maximoff. Crystalia Amaliquin Maximoff. So I'll look into her origins, but yeah. Okay. She seems Um, to, yeah, come from the Maximoff family, which is Scarlet mm. Witch and stuff. Anyway, back to what you were saying. So then the rest of my deck is comprised of high playing cards that I could never play, right? Because they're all too high. I have one called Infinant. Um, he's 20 points. And the only way you can play him is if you don't play a card before him. So you basically have to skip a turn in order to use him. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I have him in my hand. I have the Incredible Hulk, who's a 12, 12 points. I have Red Skull, who plays 14 points. Right. So I have all these high-playing cards that I can't play. So what happens for it? Is the, is the genius of this. If you can get it all to work, all right? Yeah. I play magic. Well, first I play Invisible Woman. Usually I get her, right? Then I, you'll get magic and get extra turn, right? And then throw Morbius down there. What he does is he gets two points for every card you discard. You see? So he's a zero. Oh, so he pumps you, up. He's nothing, he up. but he pumps up. He, yeah. Yes. I have Black Cat who... Okay. If you don't seduce use her, Spider-Man, yeah. If she is in your hand and you don't use her, she would discard herself. 
So Ooh. she's good to have because she's a free discard. You just keep her in your yeah. Right? Actually, then, she's so, like that in real life too. <laughs> there you go. So if I have Invisible Woman and then I get Modok on, I can play him on turn five, right? So he goes down, he gets covered up. Makes right? sense. Yeah, he's inactive, right? And then by the end, I can put Hella down there, and she gets turned over and covered up. So they're inactive. And then I don't even have to play that many things, right? I can leave turns blank. But because I want all the cards being in my hand, every turn you get an extra card dealt into your hand. I want all those cards in there. Maybe I'll play Morbius down there, right? right. Um, and I want them all in there. I want the Infinite. I want Hulk, Red Skull. I want all those high playing cards in there. Then what happens? Game's over. And now I flip my cards. I flip. Modok, right? He discards all those cards out of my hand. All right. All those pumps high up blankets. Morbius. Pumps up Morbius. Boom. He goes up to like 12 or 14. Then Hella pops up and she puts, she, she plays every single one of those cards in all the empty spaces. You're 20 points, you're 14 points, you're 12 points. You see what I'm saying? You're getting me to Morbius play this jumps game. up to 12. And uh, if it all works out, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You know? <laughs> I did it today. I won. I only played those three cards, Fred. Invisible Woman, Modoc, and Hella. All my turns were blank. All my other two spaces were blank. The person was probably like, what the fuck is going on? And then at the end, I filled all those spaces with my whole hand. And then also I have Sunspot. Okay. And I throw him down. And what he does, he's a zero. But every time you don't... you He... Adds up all your unused points, you see. So if you yes. have a turn and you only play three points, and you because like you get like four. five points on turn yes. five. So if you only use one point, four, then we'll he'll him. get four. Yeah. So if you can imagine, if he's down there on the field, and I have the other cards playing all covered up, I'm not playing any turns. So all those points are going to sunspot. Yeah. And then at the last <clears> turn. <throat> All my cards flip, and all those high playing cards just materialize. I fill up the. It's beautiful, Fred. Fucking genius, man. Thank you. And that's my Marvel Snap. Yeah, if if I ever give up magic, I think I'll switch to Marvel Snap. It's just hard for me to keep up with two card games at once. Mm -hmm. Not even a knowledge thing. It's just the upkeep. It's not busy upkeep, but if you have one, it's fine. If you have multiples, it's not serviceable anymore. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. It's funny because I have had a couple of people who are like, why don't you come play Marvel Snap? And I was like, well, tell you what. You come play Magic Arena, mm-hmm. then I'll go back to Marvel Snap. And they're like, well, hold the fuck on, Fred. In all fairness, <laughs> I tried Magic. I really tried. You did. You for did. A few days. And yeah. I just couldn't grasp it, man. It was too much. No, no, no. And I get it. It's, it is different. They are different games. Again, mm-hmm. the big thing with Mar- with Magic, and I don't even think it's better, it's just more complicated, is that Magic is all about reaction. And the fact that a large number of people don't know that it's about reaction proves it. Like, I was playing Magic today, I was cracking up like a little bitch, and my daughter had to, like, call me on it. She's like, what? And I'm like, oh, this guy doesn't know how to use instant effects. Like, he just doesn't know about the timing, right? Like, his timing was all off. He didn't understand, he or she right. didn't understand that that the, 
that that's not how you trigger this stuff. And it does get complicated. Like, I'll give it to you, Trees. At some point, you get to magic things where you're like, holy shit. Like, you drop, you cast a, car- a creature, and it has a triggered ability, and that triggered ability triggers another ability, and then that triggered ability triggers another ability. So you're stacking up abilities, and you see them all stack up on the screen. And then you cast a spell, which triggers another ability, right? And next thing you know, like, you can literally get to, like, 20 triggered abilities deep. Mm. And you're like, I don't even know where we started. Like, did this this creature die or not? I guess we don't know yet. And it gets really, yeah. And that... That is a, that is equal parts cool and not cool for the same reason, pretty much. But, right, yeah. right. So, oh, God. Well, fun. Fun, man. <laughs> but I love hearing your Marvel Snap stories because Marvel Snap is a very cool game. And with the comic book stuff, like, it's always tempting me. Hmm. It's always tempting me. But yeah, so. There you go. So that leads into you. This has okay. been a while since you talked some games. Yeah, and I've been playing a decent amount. <laughs> Didn't play many games on the trip, but let's jump right into it. So first and foremost, trees, let's talk about my milestones. Let's stay on the Marvel okay. train. Marvel's Midnight Suns. I have <laughs> crossed the threshold over 60 hours into the game now. I have completed all of the DLC, and the DLC is nothing to balk at. I got to give them credit. I didn't... Remember how I like told you originally, like the season pass for this game is really expensive, so if you're going to do it, you should probably do it. You know what I mean? Like right. You should probably buy it because most of the time I see Marvel's Midnight Suns on sale, it's like... $40 for the season pass, $20 for the main game, or $42 for the main game plus season pass, the legendary edition. And let me tell you, there is a lot to be appreciated. So first of all, you get four characters, and it's not just who it's not just the fact that you get four characters, it's who they are. So for the record, in Marvel's Midnight Suns, you get I want to say nine characters, base characters. Right. And I've talked about them. So like either you've been paying attention or you haven't. I don't want to spoil them though, because the game starts off with like four characters and they get slowly revealed right. in the first chapter. But okay. the DLC characters, which are open, like meaning you see them, they're part of the pitch for the season pass is Deadpool Morbius, um, <clears throat> Storm, and Venom. Of course, Venom. So those are big ones, especially mm. for me. Spiders, Venom. I My dream team is the Hunter <clears throat> plus Spider-Man <clears throat> and Venom, which I have. So yes. in the beginning of Midnight Suns, because I played the mm-hmm. like first two hours. Sure. Is that Venom you fight or is that Carnage? You That's fight Venom. That is Venom. So he's... So Venom is an enemy, and if you buy the DLC season pass, they insert new adventures 
because your first area is New York. There are three main areas, each for three acts in the game. Your first major area is New York. And just before people ask, yes, you can bounce back and forth between the two areas once you've completed one of them. So events keep popping up in New York if you're on the DLC. The DLC Mm. slowly reveals itself. You kind of got to get through Act 1 for a majority of the DLC stuff. You can do Deadpool stuff before you get through Act 1, but you have to really get to Act 2 to have the rest of it unlocked. And once it's unlocked, you can go to town. But it is systemic. So it's still got a lineage, meaning... You have to beat Deadpool before you can play Venom's Adventures. And Venom's Adventures assume you have beaten Act 1 and you have beaten Deadpool. Mm. And then you have to then beat Venom's Adventures to play Morbius' Adventures. And then you have to beat Morbius' Adventures to beat... Storm's Adventures. Now, I am aware they sell these characters for a ridiculously high price separately. I think it's $15 a piece. I bet if you buy them separately, it just lets you play them. But still, you got to get further into the game before they are available. Okay. So that's how that all works. So you will fight Venom and he will be in your game whether you buy the season pass or not but you will not be able to play as Venom until you buy the DLC. And that, I will give it credit, all of these DLC characters get woven into story quests. So they're revealed at the end of a story quest. And I assume if you didn't buy them, they wouldn't reveal themselves. And then they've probably got another way they reveal themselves if you don't buy them until later. But I don't know. Hmm. So yeah. So I've finished all their story quests. I've also finished all the stuff on the Abbey. So I've unlocked all the moon crystals or whatever. I have found everything, unlocked all those secrets. I've done all the wandering around the third person shit. So now it's just really just playing the the tactical game. So, and I'm mostly through act two. And I've been reassured by both listeners and by looking it up that Act 3 is shorter. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'll probably clock in about 80 hours in this game. And I'm about 20 hours mm. away till the end. Is is uh, the most important question. Yeah. Uh, how's the bedroom? Is the bedroom fully up? My bedroom is fucking rocking it, bro. That is like... Other like Iron Man comes in, he's jealous. He's like, "Why don't I have a room like this?" He like, is actually like- is because my room. There are two rooms in the Abbey that are like the master bedrooms, and they're <sighs> across from each other. And you have yeah. one of them. Nice. So Tony has to stay in one of the dorm rooms. Uh, I was the one reason I was uh, one of the one re- things I was upset when I left that game was like, oh, I really like the room. I really like upgrading the room. Yes, and the room, I make it posh as fuck now. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. I've got weapons racks. Yeah. Yeah, and is, shit yeah. like that, yeah. Like I'm my, really kind of pissed, though. Your your um, dog, Charlie, you can't update her bed. <laughs> I wanted to update her dog bed. I felt she deserved it as a hell beast. Um I don't know. Did you even meet Charlie in your early? 
Yeah, endeavors. when you okay, you first when you first get the room, like when okay. you are in the room, the dog's in there. Yeah, so she's right? fantastic. Dog, so yeah, is that what you meant? The dog. Yep. I don't know the names, but her I name's Charlie. Devil dog. Yeah, and it's okay, a girl. It People often forget she's a girl, but yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, Charlie's there. You haven't. You also haven't met the black cat that's a shapeshifter that's all pissed off at you. No. You can go pet it and piss it off. It's fantastic. No, How do you get to the cat? Yeah. That's the cat. Yeah. It's it's great. How <laughs> do you get that far? Cat. It's just better knowing it's a cat that that's a shapeshifter that hates you. Like I like it. Well, what's more it shift into? Like, is it always a, is it is it It's always a cat. Is its natural form a cat or is it like an alien or something? Well it takes the shape of a cat. What I'll like, say without it, spoiling anything is if you <laughs> continue to pester it, maybe something happens. Okay. It's like a demon. <laughs> all demons. Everything's a demon in that house. A dog, the cat. <laughs> Shit happens. It's always amusing okay. to me. <laughs> but all right. But yeah. So I'm very pleased with the DLC. It was good adventures, good challenges. It allowed me to level up a lot, so I'm a little OP when I go into the regular campaign. I, yeah, I, yeah. But that's yeah. fun, actually. Like, you're not so OP. You still have to think stuff through. But you have a lot of tactical knowledge at that point. So, And the, the shit escalates pretty fast in the main campaign as well. So it allows you to do stuff like that. So... Um, next up, right before I left, um, because it's coming out soon is, um, Alan Wake 2. I've not been playing mm -hmm. Alan Wake 2, but I have been playing Alan Wake's American Nightmare, or American Nightmare. Wasteland. Sorry. Michael have you ever Wake. played American mm -hmm. Wasteland? No, I only played the game. I played the original Alan Wake. Okay. Was that DLC or was that? Oh no, it is American Nightmare. Why did I say American Wasteland? Was it that Red Dead? Yeah, no. it might have been. Or maybe I was, was just it? I was just thinking of something while I was typing it out. But they anyway. did have like a DLC, but I can't remember. Oh, no. So Alan Wake had two DLC packs. Okay. The Signal and I forget the other one. The, no, the Rider and the Signal, I think. And then American Waste or American Nightmare. Fuck. I keep fucking it up. But American Nightmare was a standalone $15 xbox live later on pc expansion that takes place after the events of dlc pack 2 in alan wake and kind of is supposed to usher into to a certain extent some of the events in control and then alan wake 2 oh okay yeah there's an alan wake dlc in control as well which i have but have not played as you'll recall, I didn't love Control as much as everybody else did, but uh, it is what it is. Right. Um, so I played this. It is a time loop game. So you are dropped. So Alan Wake, since you've played it, you know, kind of drops you into the Pacific Northwest into a very, um, oh, what is the um, Twin Peaks-esque world, right? Right. And you're just kind of wandering around. There are collectibles like thermoses and pages. It's very hyper dramatic. And you have a flashlight where when you meet enemies, you have to shine your flashlight on them enough that they um, become weak. And then you can shoot them with weapons. Huh. This dynamic continues yeah. in American Wasteland. 
Nightmare. Okay. Fuck. I'm never going to get this right now. Nope. This continues in American Nightmare. Um, but you are no longer in the Pacific Northwest. You're not in the, the fictional town of Night Springs. You are now in the fictional town of Night Springs in Arizona. Okay. So you're in like rural Arizona in a small town. You're right off a Dust Bowl Highway. Um, and you are, you, it's, it's the craziest thing, Trees. Alan Wake <laughs> is stuck huh? in Arizona in this yeah. fictional town of Night Springs. Okay. There is Mr. Scratch is there. Um, I'm going to not explain Mr. Scratch because if you've played Alan Wake 1 through the DLCs, you know who Mr. Scratch is. And if you haven't, both the DLCs and American Nightmare will explain who Mr. Scratch is. So it doesn't matter. But Mr. Mm -hmm. Scratch is your nemesis in this. And, but wouldn't luck have it this way, Trees? The only person in the whole town is this really fucking hot blonde. Mm Mm-hmm. She's like a mechanic. She's in charge of the local hotel. That happens. You got to solve some shit. And then you are taken to the observatory. <laughs> There's an observatory in town. Yeah. It's off the beaten path. Alan drives there, although you can't uh, you can't get to it or use your car to get there. It's not open world in that regard. The areas are open world, but like once you leave the town, and go to the observatory, which is not well told. You'll just see, pick up the observatory keys, and when you do, you get forced into a cutscene that ends you at the observatory. There is no going back. You are now at the observatory. Now you can wander that realm. Huh. When you get to the observatory, wouldn't you know it? There's a hot brunette. They're just giving them out. (laughs) Yeah, everywhere. There's a hot brunette scientist who's waiting for you, who's a female. I should point out, hot could be anyone. Um, it's a hot female brunette. Uh, Alan Wake is not phased by this phenomenon that is now happening <laughs> in the least, and it is not a plot point. Um, then once you complete the observatory, you end up at, oh, what's the third place? The drive-in. There's a drive-in movie theater you end up at. And wouldn't you know, there is a hot and horny Hispanic... Songs. Selling popcorn. Chick there. She oh. is both hot and horny. Um, some of the shit that comes out of her mouth, I'm not going to repeat here. But um, but yeah. And uh, again, Alan thinks this is nothing weird. He's just going about his life. And then when you complete those three areas, it loops. And you end up back at the town of Night Springs. Because you're stuck in a time loop where things keep oh. repeating themselves. And you have to right the wrongs, kind of, you know, various sci-fi movie styles. But you need the information you've learned from the other areas to now be able to navigate righting the wrongs. You see what I'm saying? Right. And so you do the time loop a few times, and then when you finish it, you're done. So it's fun. I like it. Um, How long? It doesn't take too long. Yeah, five, six hours. That's not bad. Yeah. You're probably spending 30 to 40 minutes in each section of the loop. I I liked Alan Wake. Like, I, I beat it. Like, I played through it. But it wasn't like um, like a come-to-Jesus moment like other people had. 
with Alan Wake. Like, there's people that are really into Alan Wake. I'm really into Alan Wake, but I acknowledge that that's a certain type of game. I guess is what I would say. I'm into Alan I mean, Wake the same way I'm into Quantic... Quantum... Dream. No, not Quantic yeah. Dream. Quantum... What was the other... See, that was the big joke was I loved every single game by this developer, uh, Remedy, other than... Um, Quantum... I think it was Quantum Break. Quantum Break, thank you. Right? Yeah, exactly. like I love Death Rally... Well, actually, Death Rally was okay. I loved Max Payne 1 and 2, loved Alan Wake, loved American Nightmare, loved Quantum Break. Control was okay. (laughs) (laughs) Really loved Alan Wake Remastered. I think that was a proper bringing it up. And Crossfire X, remember I played that single-player campaign before it's gone? I don't think you can play it anymore. It was on Game Pass. It was available for a while. And that was fine, but that was just like a derivative, like... That was that was the same kind of Call of Duty clone that like remember that Medal of Honor with all the beards <laughs> when EA tried yeah. to bring back Medal of Honor it was like that it was just it was a- trying to be a Call of Duty but anyway but yeah American Nightmare's fun it's worth checking out I think if you've been keeping up with games with gold over the years you've got it already so if you got it for free cool otherwise it's like 3 bucks every now and again but I figured I'd get through it before Alan Wake comes out in October. Alan Wake 2. So, want to check it out. Maybe I'll try to go through Control DLC. Maybe. Maybe not. Don't know. Probably not. Realistically, probably not. But, yeah. Yeah, con- Control is another one where everybody was losing their minds over. And I played it, and I was like, okay. It was, it was cool. But then I quickly was like, Hit some wall, and I was like, I think I'm good. Now, Alan Control. Wake was my number one. Max Payne 2 was my number two. Oh, yeah, yeah, Then yeah. Quantum Break, and then Max Payne 1. Max Payne 1 was good, but like so many other games, and this will become a topic here in a minute, um, once you get later in that game, the blemishes really start to show, and I have a theory that lots of people didn't get through that whole game, right? They played a couple hours of it, or a few hours of it, and then they talk about it like they played the whole game. But when you're doing enough of those crazy walking on blood trails to get to the crying baby scenes, I, it gets very frustrating very fast. I even played a chunk of control on uh, that Switch streaming. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. I played control on PC like a man should. <laughs> Like and it ran like fucking amazing, and I had the ray. I had all the rays of tracing, but yeah. So anyway, American Nightmare was a fun diversion, just getting me pumped for Alan Wake. I enjoyed it. Um, I'd played it before on PC, but I wanted to replay it, and it's been a long time. I go back on Steam and I like look at when I played it, and I was like, "Holy shit! I played this like ten years ago in 2014." I I don't remember it at all. So. Um, Also, I played the 360 version this time, which is backward compatible on series consoles. And um, the 360 version is made for gamepad, whereas I did that thing on the PC version where I adapted keyboard and mouse for gamepad, and so my precision was way off. So I found that Mm. game to be very difficult with a gamepad on PC, way easier with a gamepad on consoles. (laughs) So there is that too. So... 
Um, and then real quick, I don't think there's much to say about it, but I'll just mention that I've been playing it. So for the trip, I didn't play it much, but I've been playing Metroid Fusion. You ever played Metroid Fusion? Is it the... That was no. the Game Boy Advance Metroid. Was it a pinball game, was it? No, no. That was, uh... no, that was the DS one, which was Metroid Prime Pinball. Yeah, no. Uh... So in the main Metroid franchise, there's Metroid... Metroid 2 Return of Samus or Samus Returns if you do the Mercury Steam Modern 3DS one. There was Super Metroid, and then the fourth one was Metroid Fusion. The fifth one's Metroid Dread, recently released on the Switch. Okay. So I've been trying to work my way up to that. I've played Super Metroid. Critically, (laughs) I find that game to be fine. It is not the end-all be-all of human existence. I did not play it when it came out. I do understand the context. It's fine. But people talk about that. Like, people are like, there are, bless you. There are people who are like, you know, I hear this hyperbolic statement all the time. There are few perfect games in the world. But we all agree (laughs) Metroid, you know, Super Metroid's one of them, right? And people just say this like it's a fact. I disagree. There's plenty to appreciate about Metroid, Super Metroid. There's plenty to criticize. It's fine, but it is not a godsend. Um, Metroid 1, I didn't like on the NES. I never liked that game much. Um, Metroid Zero Mission makes that game way better, way more digestible. Um, That's a GBA game. Um, So it's called Metroid Zero Mission. I really like that. I tried playing Metroid 2 on the Game Boy. Hated it. Tried playing Return of Samus on the 3DS. Well, I think Mercury Steam did a great job of translating that. Still didn't like it. And then I tried playing another AOTM or whatever, another Metroid 2 remake. And I really liked that um, because it looks and plays like Super Metroid. But eventually I just started to get bored of it. That's Mm. what happens with all these Metroid games. They just make the traversal too obtuse. And I just phase out. So I did that with Fusion. Um, I'm about four hours in, pretty far into the game. I am feel like I'm like two-thirds done. It's cool. It's, again, like Zero Mission, it's way more digestible. Did get stuck a couple of times, had to Google it, and I'm like, I never would have fucking thought to do that. Fuck this game. Um, <laughs> so, there, and, and people talk about this. This is the same thing with um, Axiom Verge which was like that indie game that was kind of like... Yeah, and there's a second one also. I haven't played two, but I played one. And in a lot of parts of Axiom Verge 1, you had to know to like look for glitched walls and shoot through them Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know to do that. And people are like, well, if you played Metroid since you were born, like you would know to do that. And this is that same bullshit of like people who are like, what do you mean you don't like The Legend of Zelda? Well, I... I grabbed the sword and then I couldn't figure out where to go. Well, fuck you. Da, da, da. Don't you know what to do? And it's like, no, because if you grew up playing Legend of Zelda, of course you did. It was in there was mm. posters in the Nintendo Power. There were hints that they were given. They were on the topic of everyone's minds. You talk to your friends about it. But if you're playing it in 2023, nobody fucking cares about the Legend of Zelda unless they're making like an IGN listicle. So if you ask about it, and I'm sorry to say this, but the retro community is largely gatekeepy and smug in my opinion you're not going to get a positive or polite answer 
when you're like, I don't understand Legend of Zelda, help me understand it. No one really wants to help people understand this stuff. I hope I'm wrong about that. And there are exceptions. And I don't mean exceptions with games. I mean exceptions with people. But I feel like by and large, like if I were to suddenly tweet, I don't understand Legend of Zelda. And remember, I've got like a retro following. So I have a likeliness to have someone reach out to me. But if I just came out and said, I've never played the Legend of Zelda and I don't understand it, there's a good chance no one says anything to me, right? They're just like moving on, dismissed. Um, so anyway, Metroid Fusion's fine. Um, it's cool, but I just really want to try Metroid Dread because of all the hype. But Trees, stop me if I'm wrong, but I bet I'm going to come to discover that much like the rest of these games <laughs> that I've played, Metroid Dread is going to be really way easier and way more appreciated by super fans of the series. And I'm going to find it's just fine. And not yeah. the godsend and I'll be all of human existence that a lot of the critics said it was, which is because they adore Metroid and they thought that super Metroid was the greatest game of all time. So of course they think this, so we'll see. I'm going to go into it with an open mind, but I have found Zero Mission and Fusion to be probably my favorite versions of these games. So hopefully that helps. But it's interesting to play. And for the record, if you have the Switch online pass or whatever, right, Metroid it's Fusion in... and Zero Mission are part of this, as is Super okay. Metroid and the original Metroid. Metroid 2, I think, is even on it. It's not the mm. Mercury Steam 3DS one, but if you want to play the original Game Boy one, I think all the Metroids other than Dread are on that online game pass. So, but for the record, I'm, I'm playing a Metroid Fusion cartridge, which thank God I didn't have to go in and resolder the battery save. The battery save still works on my cart, but I am playing a cartridge in a DS Lite, a vanilla white Nintendo DS Lite. There you go. So there you go. I um when I got my Nintendo online, I went back to like, you know, like Super Metroid or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna play some Metroid. And that didn't last long. I was like, oh yeah. It usually doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Metroid yeah. Fusion, I'll this. give credit. Like it's pretty good, especially because you've got like Dark Samus chasing you around. Mm. But but and there are still some traversal parts where I'm like, I would have never thought to do that, shoot that, and then do that to right. get to the next spot. Yes. And I and, spent and hours trying to figure it out. In the first, the very first Metroid, the NES mm -hmm. Metroid, like when I when I played a little of that, you're right. It's like you forget. Like I thought back to when I was a teenager. I'm like, oh, that's right. You just, you just, you just roll around dropping bombs. Yep. Because you never knew what wall or floor would like break. Yep. Like that's what we did. Like you did that. So it's yep, like, that was just the way people played back then. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't do that again. Check yeah. every spot, you know? Well, and as someone who did it, it's annoying. Mm. But the bigger part is the boss battles and stuff. Like maybe Metroid one's more digestible now if you have a map and if you have, or if you do what Jeremy Parrish did, which is some gamers like doing this. I'm not going to, discredit this making maps out of grid paper if you want to do that yeah metroid right. actually has a whole 
new level of appreciation. But for the rest of us, eh. And then the boss battles are pretty challenging. So make sure you got save states because like some of the boss battles are a joke like Kraid, especially if he falls into lava. He doesn't even hit you. But if you don't know what you're doing and just walk in there and jump in there, you can die on him and then you have to backtrack through like the whole fight. It's Dark Souls all over again and fuck that. But Mm. yeah. Um, Anyway. All right. And last but not least, I was tweeting about this. Mm -hmm. I let you know this was coming, Trees, but let's talk Mm -hmm. about Spider-Man 2. Specifically the game on PS2. But I want to kind of unpack this. So... Because this was a big deal for me to this week. So okay. I had the weekend kind of to myself. Um, my wife worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, my daughter had a sleepover because she's starting school on Tuesday. So her friends threw a sleepover, a big sleepover with like four or five girls um, for back to school, right? Right before back to school. So I knew I basically had Friday night to myself. Even though my daughter was there, she was going to play her games, I was going to play mine. Then I had most of Saturday and Sunday to myself, which was absolutely true. And Retro Achievements has this contest. And by the time you're hearing this, you're kind of already not applicable for it. But they did the, it's called Achievement of the Month or AOTM. And if you get the four weekly achievements each week in August, plus the monthly achievement, which is one big achievement for the month, Um, all by like September 5th or something, you unlock a Batman badge for your, you know, profile on Retro Achievements. So you really don't unlock anything, but it's something cool to me. And the thing is, is that by the time you're hearing this, the first week's already passed and you can't unlock it. But the first achievement you had to unlock was in Spider-Man 2 on the PS2, you had to unlock, it's called Sugar and Spice, it's completing chapter eight. And for the record, that game has roughly 15 chapters. There are extra chapters, but you don't have to do it. You roll credits after chapter 15. And that's kind of the halfway point. But there are other reasons why they picked it, which is namely because the game gets a lot more tedious and difficult after chapter eight. Um, so they kind of wanted to make it like fun and light, right? So Right. I had always heard good things about Spider-Man 2. Um, and Retro Achievements only works with PS2 and GameCube. They don't have... They might have an Xbox emulator that unlocks with it, but I don't think they do. And I have it on Xbox, but that was why I didn't feel bad about, you know, downloading a copy on um, PlayStation 2 and playing it through the emulator, uh, PSX2 or EPSX2 or whatever it is. Um on and and getting the achievements. So I started playing Spider-Man 2. And this is an interesting game. So have you played this game? I think I know this answer, but just tell me. Uh, no. Okay. Do you know what this game is famous for? Like it is infamous in the video game world for something specific among Spider-Man games. Yeah, do you know why it's famous? No. I don't. This is the game where they figured out the physics engine that you even enjoy today playing Miles Morales. Oh, okay. It's the... the I, thought you meant, I thought you meant something bad. No, no, no. It's the genesis of the swing mechanic. It's the first one oh, okay. that did it right, so to speak. Oh. So that's... 
that that was one reason why I wanted to play it, right? Like, um, it is also infamous, or yeah, infamous makes it sound bad. It's also famous or praised even today because games, it's an open world New York. You can go through a subsect. It's not quite as big as all of New York, but then again, neither is Spider-Man or Miles Morales, the Insomniac games. Um, this was the game that had an open world New York. The original Spider-Man game was levels. You couldn't just traverse through all of Spider-Man or okay. through, all of, through all of New York. So this game gave you a swing mechanic that worked. It was physics-based. You know, he's kind of like a pendulum. And it gave you an open world New York in a time where the only game that did anything remotely like that was Grand Theft Auto 3. And I think Vice City was already out. I think San Andreas even comes out in 2004. So it like, like it was, it was right around that time, but nobody else did it. Right? Like I'm trying to think. I've never played Mafia 1, but I think one of the biggest criticisms of Mafia 1 was it was open world, but no one was on the streets or anything. In Spider-Man 2, you can walk in buildings. There's fully workable buildings. There's traffic. There are pedestrians mm. all over the place. You can swing through all of New York. Like it's, well, sorry, it's a limited carve out of New York, but it's the downtown, it's right. the downtown areas, right? You can go everywhere. Like, kind of like you see on this one, there's the Upper West Side, Upper East Side, Soho, you know, Harlem, Chinatown, all that stuff. You know, it's, it's all there. This was like unheard of, right? Like this was at a level you just weren't prepared for. And it was amazing for it, right? Like both of those things are amazing. Have you ever played the original Spider-Man 1 game, the movie-based tie-in game for the mm, PS2? Nope. Okay. No, I never played any of those old okay. Spider-Man games. Did you ever play the Neversoft Spider-Man game for like PS1 or Dreamcast or anything? Mm, nope. Okay. Nope, wasn't into so, it. Wasn't so the swinging was kind of a joke. Spider-Man would just kind of like air walk and he'd just shoot webs into the nether, right? He'd just shoot webs into the clouds and just mm. kind of hover. It was like he was on like a, a hidden walkway in the clouds shooting oh, webs okay. up at him. Like, you know, he's just like skeet, 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 right? And he'd just walk across the, he'd just nice. walk on air. Um, so this game, you actually, it has path tracing, right? Like, yeah, yeah, the advent hmm. of ray tracing way back in 2004. <laughs> and like Treyarch's like creative director was like a genius and, and like there was a lot of there was a huge game like it was like 80 people and it was well publicized right because spider-man was a phenomenon as i'll get to in mm -hmm. a minute the movies and um and so and there was there was a lot of like you know like i said some of the key people in that project were extremely intelligent and we have the luxury of like there have been a lot of talks the creative director on it for Treyarch has talked about it a lot. And then there was a GDC 2019 presentation for like the lead engineer or something who explained how they did all this. So for the record, I I've watched videos on, on this stuff. Um, so I got some insight on the development and how they did this. But the big thing is, yeah, when Spider-Man shoots a web, it actually finds a building, right? He knows to look for a building. He finds a building, he latches to it. And it uses that as an anchor point for the, the engine to allow him to have physics-based, right? Like rotation and gravity right. and launching and stuff like that. Like that's fucking cool on something so limited as like the PS2 or even the GameCube. I've heard that the Xbox was more capable, 
but they didn't do it that way, right? They they developed for the lowest platform. So let's say the PS2 was the lowest platform in terms of power. I think the GameCube actually was because GameCube had a better graphics engine on, than the PS2, but it had less computational power or something. I haven't really dug into it. But at the end of the day, even if the Xbox was capable of making a better version of that Spider-Man 2 game, it didn't because Treyarch knew they had to streamline, right? You had to make one version for all three platforms. Mm. So anyway, that's what that game is. But playing it, I struggled. (laughs) Yeah. So I want to talk about this a little bit. So first of all, do you remember like those Spider-Man movies, the Tobey Maguire trilogy? Yeah, I I liked them. I, I mean, too. three was iffy, but two was the best one out of them, I think. Yes, I agree. And and yeah, so Sam Raimi made this trilogy, blah, 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 blah. One was very good. Two was better, in my opinion. You sound like you you feel the same way. I think yeah, a lot like of people two do. Two is one of those infamous... Er, I keep using that word tonight. Two is one of those debated, is the sequel better than the original, right? And you know how that's very rare. It's up there with Godfather 2, Aliens... Right. Like these movies where it's like, is the second, the second movie could quite to some people be seen as better than the original. And that's pretty rare. Um, Watching it today. I rewatched it today. I definitely stand by that statement. The second movie is just significantly better than the first. And the first was great. Three was a mess because the studio got involved. Sony mm-hmm. made them change his original vision for Spider-Man. You can definitely see that when you see what he sets up at the end of Spider-Man 2. And they rushed a bunch of stuff. So Venom wasn't supposed to be in there. You can easily see how he's setting it up for Kurt Connors, who is the lizard, to actually be the villain. And it's very interesting mm-hmm. that that happens because Kurt Connors is also in this video game. And in Spider-Man 3, the video game, which came out for 360 and PS3, also developed by Treyarch, the main villain in the first part of it is the lizard. Mm. And there's a lot of like where Treyarch gets advanced access to these game or to the scripts of these things so they can make the video game. They don't know exactly what the studio is going to do, but they at least get like a script and stuff like that. And it makes me wonder, he kind of sets it up. Raimi kind of sets it up for lizard to have been the lead. lead. Um, So there's that. We had, we had a lot going on. Three forced venom in Too there. Much. Yeah, Sandman didn't make any sense. And the whole plot where he doesn't end up with Mary Jane rubbed everyone the wrong way because Peter Parker doesn't fuck it up with Mary Jane that early. He goes mm. a good long time of both dating her and then married to her before he starts to become, shall we say, the more humbled modern Peter Parker. And frankly, I don't know a whole lot about those stories um, because I didn't get there yet. Right. Like I'm reading them just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I'm way behind. I'm still in the 90s back when I was a kid. Um, but uh, but anyway. Um, <clears throat> so the second movie is extremely good. And this was supposed to pick up on that. And Treyarch got the script and read it and said, there's a lot more plot and character development here. We can't really make a video game out of just this bare bones plot. Like we, we just can't do it. And so they integrate a lot of stuff, right? Like the whole James Franco as Harry Osborn trying to avenge his father's death. That's all there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Molina playing Doc Ock is all there. He even voice the voice cast in this movie or in this game is Tobey Maguire, Alf, Alfred Molina and um, 
and uh, Kirsten Dunst. Um, Dunst kind of phones it in. The rest of them have fun with it. <laughs> and then there's a really great Bruce Campbell as the hilarious narrator who he was hilarious in the first game and he's great in the set in the third game as well as the narrator. They're all in there. Uh, cause he like ad libs all the time. So he's really fun. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so they, they add some stuff to this. They add on new enemies like shocker who was in the original game. They had Rhino, they had, um, and then they also add black cat. So there's an interesting part of this video game that's not in this. Black Cat was originally conceived to be in the second movie, but they knew she wasn't going to be in the second movie by the time Treyarch makes these new additions to the plot. And in it, there's this this split, this dichotomy of Peter Parker being in love with Mary Jane and trying to figure out if he tells her, but also at night he's hanging out with Black Cat, which is totally what happens in the comics as I understand it. Admittedly, I haven't read those because the Black Cat storyline is, ironically, in a lot of the books that aren't captured right now in omnibuses and stuff. And I had it in those old comic book ones, but like I've I've sold that and I can read it on Marvel Unlimited, but I haven't gotten there yet. But Black Cat's mm. original story and that stuff is not easy to find unless you're a comic collector. Um, but yeah, she's in it and she's all sexy in this. So okay. her boobs are popping out still, just like maybe a black cat you're familiar with. If you remember the original Spider-Man game, the DLC had black cat in there and she's mm. all hot and booby. Um, <laughs> so they, they don't, they don't shy away from that. Um, in all it's uh PS2 glory. Yes. Yes. And they actually changed her outfit because of originally she, cause she's in a skin tight leather mm. outfit and her boobs are kind of hanging out, but in the original mm. design, her it was like she had a slit down the middle all the way down to her belly button. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Not very age appropriate, but, uh, no. but anyway. So I started playing this game, and I had a lot of fun all the way up to that sugar and spice. A couple of frustrations, but where I really struggled with it was that, and, and like, it, I think its biggest problem is it gets close enough to being like these modern games that you forget how old it is, right? Or at least you'd be tempted to. And you have expectations of this game that aren't realistic. Additionally, I'm playing this on this emulator, so it's up-resing it to 4K. They even have a 60 frames a second patch, but they warn you that if you put that in, the cutscenes are sped up and you don't get to see them all because... They they finish in half the time and the sound doesn't sync. And I was like, no, I want the cutscenes. They're part of this game. So I played it at 30 frames a second like every PS2 owner would. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I was, uh, I was playing through it. And I just found that the further you got, and especially when you try to unlock certain achievements with the retro achievements, not the ones for this achievement of the week, um, but like just the, the regular achievements that are in there and stuff like that, they expect you to be able to navigate Spider-Man in a way that is very difficult. difficult to, mm. And I got very frustrated with all facets of this. Um, first and foremost trees to kind of reflect on what you're talking about. Like, for example, the combat, they change the rules up on the combat as the game goes on. And it kind of assumes one you're reading like all the tutorials and the tutorials are like hint bubbles that are scattered throughout New York. There's over 250 of them 
that are just there in the very beginning of the game. And it's just like run around New York and click on them. Good luck. So a lot of your hints on how to play the game is not the basics, but the real in-depth stuff Mm. is in these hints that you may or may not read. And then there's a manual, which I don't have. And I did finally look it up and download it and read it. And it didn't help me too, too much. And then there's a bunch of combos that are in there. But when you get to the later battles in this game, especially like with this, like a regular side quest street thug gang can take you out because they've all got guns and they're all blocking and they're all capable of just screwing stuff up. And you've got like 75 fucking moves at this point and they all do different things. (laughs) And they're using like, you know, kind of wonky PS2 era physics. And you're just like, man, fuck this. And so you die, respawn, die, respawn, die, respawn, die, Mm. respawn. And by the time you've done this 30 times, it gets very frustrating. I can imagine. Yeah. And like with the black cat, like there are these things where you like race her and stuff like that. And I was doing things where like I was, where I was like trying to follow her. And if you fall behind too much, you have to retry the whole thing. Right. And there's an achievement where it's like, you don't get too far behind her in the, these five different scenarios. There are five in the whole game, like one every three chapters or something. And, uh, I was failing them constantly. And it's because you can kind of follow her patterns, but then eventually inevitably something's going to happen where like you don't swing as well as perfect. And so you fall and then you're just scrambling to try to run up a building or jump around or shoot webs or try to do stuff to like get your momentum back and get back to where she is. And by that time she's passed you up and you failed. And it's just very frustrating. Yeah. And the button presses have like some residual lag. And I tried this on my Xbox game And it's still there in the Xbox version. So it's not that I was playing it on the emulator. It's just that the game inherently has just a little bit of lag and Spider-Man just operates a little clumsy, right? And then there's just the littlest things like trees. This doesn't happen in Miles Morales, but try to imagine it for a second. Geometry (laughs) is just geometry here. They don't know yet to make it transparent because their first Mm. go at this. So you'll be swinging along and a stoplight will just smack into you and drop you dead in your tracks into the ground. Hilarious. And if you're trying to chase something or there's lots of time oriented stuff, that was a big Treyarch thing was like, they're like, Oh, here's 30 seconds. Get to the gymnasium in time. If not, we're just going to drop you back. And then you get to try it over and over and over again till you get to the gymnasium in 30 seconds. Right? Like, oh, here's a mission where you got to go into the bugle, talk to Jameson, get out of the bugle, jump over to a building, swing around, take five different photos that are tokens throughout the building, circle back, get back there, change, and then know to go talk to Jameson. Oh, but Jameson wants you to turn it in with somebody else. Go run over to them. You got two and a half minutes to do the whole thing. And if you fail, you got to do the whole thing over again. Good luck. Right? And so it's still steeped in that old PS2 design, right? Of like, that was very common back then, but it's very difficult to deal with now. And so the answer is you just don't beat this game. No, but I'm fucking stubborn and I did want to beat it and I did beat it. Okay. But was it worth it? No, I have not been so pissed at a video game in a long time. And I'm sad to announce I broke a controller, but not for the reasons you might think. I didn't break the controller like 
throwing it or hitting it or getting mad. I was mad, but I've gotten finally at 40. I've learned to control my anger to the point where I'm just like, fuck, and then I die, and then fuck, and then I die, (laughs) right? Like, I just swear, or I'm like, oh, that's bullshit. Like, I'm not even loud anymore. My daughter didn't even know I was struggling with it, right? But I just, like, deal with it. The reason I broke the controller was the last boss battle expects you to hit the dodge button so much. I was hammering down on that B button and the B button just stuck into the controller and just stopped working properly. Oh, wow. I could wiggle it out, fish it out. And I was playing on an Xbox One controller, but an old Xbox One controller. This was an Xbox One controller I had from back when I had my Xbox One. Um, So it was one of those controllers. But yeah, the B button just stuck. And I, I got in and pried it free, but now every like fourth press, it like sticks back in there and then slowly pops out. So I have to look into fixing it. But yeah, I was just like, fuck. So I used a more durable PC, <laughs> USB, PS2-esque controller of which I have like dozens to finish up that boss battle. <laughs> nice. Because if I broke something, I wanted it to break on those cheap controllers, not a another Xbox One controller. But yeah, I was a little disheartened by that too. Um, it's just a lot of dodging at the end, right? Because that's how we design, they designed games back then. We, I didn't mm-hmm. design anything. That's how they designed games back then, right? When you get to the last boss battle, it's a test of strength and reflexes and long-winded boss battles with big life bars so that you have to do it over and over and over again, right? It's like, and you either get down the pattern or you don't. It's it's the Dark Souls of Spider-Man games, <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so, no, I don't think it was worth it. Um, and the plot's basically the movie plot, right? So it's like, okay. Um, but I had to make, you know, I had to see that I did it. And now I get to look at the retro achievement and see that I, it does, you don't get an achievement for completing the game because there's actually two bonus chapters that are really long winded and, they're fetch questy stuff, so I'm not going to do it. But you could, and I think you have to do that in order to actually finish the game. But I got credits. Once you roll credits, I view that as finishing the game. Yeah. Um, when Treyarch tells you, congrats, you've beaten our game. Now here's some bonus chapters. I consider that to be beating the game. And <clears throat> I don't know, you tell me, but I think the big thing with that was this exemplifies my issues with that generation. Do you struggle a lot with PS2, GameCube, and Xbox generation games? Um, more, I would say, Xbox than PS2. Okay. Um, so, only because of the style of game that was available on each one. Like, Xbox had hmm. more American-developer-type yes. games. where And weird the PC PS- ports. The PS2, I, I could always play a JRPG, which pretty much was standard sure, <laughs> controls sure. and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, there, there was just more variety in that way on a PS2. Not that, what, that there wasn't bad, janky, outdated shit on there, too. But there was oh, more yeah. variety on the PS2. Xbox was very, like, you know, go back and play Fable. You're like, just control scheme sucks. I do want like, to go back a, and play Fable because I've never you know, played Fable. But, yeah. But there's... But, you know, it was like Xbox is like, we're doing it our way. Oh, and actually, it's funny you mentioned that with the control scheme. Spider-Man 2 commits the ultimate sin or to some people not sin. It's default mm-hmm. controls are you press right to move 
the camera mm-hmm. left. You press left to move the camera right, and you press the joystick up to make the camera go down. It's inverted controls. Inverted. Yeah, and you have yeah. to invert both the Y and X axis. <laughs> and I didn't realize how bad that was till I went back and tried to play Midnight Suns in between, and I was throwing the camera in the wrong directions every which way, and I was like, fuck. And I had to realize they were... It's fine that they inverted the controls because like, I can really quickly identify inverted vertical controls like Y-axis controls when it's like flight stick controls. But the X-axis stuff, the left and right, I didn't identify it right away. And it's fucking with my brain because I beat that whole game with the inverted control scheme. And so when I went back to play other games today, because I beat it last night, when I went back to play a couple other games today, yeah, I was doing, I was turning the camera in the wrong way on all modern games and it was fucking with me. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. But yeah, I, I definitely would say um, I don't struggle with PS2 stuff as much as when I go back to a Xbox, original Xbox. Mm-hmm. And GameCube, I don't even like put the GameCube GameCube to me, all that Nintendo era stuff and 64s, they were all weird. They me, were, so. and everything that's not Nintendo based on the GameCube is just a regurgitation of something that's also on Xbox and PlayStation 2, right? Like, and PlayStation 2 had a ridiculous library. Like, you think you know what big is, and then you go look at, I think it was like 2,500 games or something. Yeah, everything. Every three, it's everything insane there. what's on the PS2. And Xbox and GameCube got some of that, but the PS2 is in a league of its own. I kind of told you before we did the show, I was like, PS2 is also, um, there's only really like a handful of generations that are like this. The two biggest ones I can think of is the NES and the PS2 era. I'm sorry, folks, because the Genesis kind of gave the SNES a run for its money. I feel like that generation in America is kind of split. But the NES and the PS2, it was like, if you were a gamer kid, right? If you were playing video games as a kid, and when I say kid, I'm saying roughly ages 6 to 16, during the time of the NES or the PS2, that was your system. Mm. And I was telling Trees, every game you can name on the PS2, or the NES for that matter, if you talk shit on it, somebody's going to come out of the woodwork and say, that's my favorite game. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like it is just such a diverse set of games. It really is. It's it's astounding. Mm-hmm. And this was during a time where I didn't play video games. Right? I bought an Xbox and a GameCube. I bought a GameCube like the summer of 2001. It wasn't even out in America yet, and I bought it in Japan with a region switch built into it so that it would work with the US firmware once it came out. Oh, no, I did buy it at that holiday season, 2001. But what wasn't out yet was Resident Evil. And so I bought a Japanese GameCube with a region switch on it that just had the two firmwares, right? And you just mm-hmm. switched the regions when you played the, them. And I played through the Japanese version of the Resident Evil remake, which was a challenge because they changed up the puzzles for a lot of those. Um, and then I had an Xbox. And Xbox was definitely my go-to console. I played through the Halo games, I played through Munch's Odyssey, played through a couple other things, but I didn't play video games much at all between 2001 and 2005. I had the system, but my Xbox was much more the DVD player for reruns of Angel and Buffy in my apartment between jobs and classes, and 
I probably played like one video game a year during that time. And I didn't play any PS2. So like, I just had this blank spot for that stuff and I'm going back to it. Right. And we've had some listeners that have been very good at like suggesting stuff that's really my speed. And I've experienced a lot of stuff with remakes and stuff, right. And remasters more likely. But one thing that stays consistent is that I really struggle with these games. I think I struggle with the geometry of these games. Yeah. Because they they assume you came from the PS1 era where games were 3D in spite of themselves, right? Like the mm-hmm. PS1, the reason everything was in 3D was because its processor handled 2D pretty shitty and it was kind of weak sauce. And so you forgave everything if you had a bunch of polygons in 3D and everything was wonky you know, you didn't notice the blemishes as much. So the PS2 kind of picks up that torch and runs with it, but does it with more performance and more threshold to do fun, more fun things. But like, I didn't have that base. I didn't play a whole lot of PS1 and 64 stuff after like early on stuff either, right? Like I was in high school, I was more interested in dating and hanging out with people. So right. So I think because I missed the late PS1 era and then the PS2 era, like that puts me at a disadvantage with these games. And I really struggle. Like Grand Theft Auto 3, I have a hard time beating some of that stuff. And like Metal Gear Solid 2, I had to walk away from that game, Trees, like at the end. I'm at the end of the game where you just fight the Rexes with a rocket launcher. I don't I think you've played through this game, but like yep. apparently there's this batshit ending that I, I didn't get to see. I had to YouTube it because I just couldn't beat that part. And it's even more frustrating when you start looking it up. It's so disheartening because you look it up and the first statement and all the game fact stuff and stuff is like, well, this isn't that hard. You'll be fine. Right. Just blow them up. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> like you literally read in the game facts. There's no... There's no special way to beat it. You just, you're just supposed to do it and I can't, right? Like, I just, I don't know how to tell you. I just can't. I, I'm just incapable of beating it. And um, there was a lot of stuff like that with Jack and Daxter, although I did eventually, I was able to figure out and work my way through and complete Jack and Daxter and get all the collectibles. So I managed to do Jack and Daxter. You and I had no problems with like Shadow of Rome. Um mm. I did pretty good with, I think it's Draken, the uh, the kind of Skyrim light that came out. Like, it's a really ambitious PS2 Western RPG that was on the PS2. Um, okay. I managed to figure that out. But, like, there's just a lot of games that, like, I just really struggle with in that era. And to the point that, like, I don't think I want to deal with this frustration like I did with Spider-Man 2 again. No. And it's pretty common whenever I play these games. I'm just not good at them. (laughs) And I don't have just like the basic skills people need, I guess I would say. And it's crazy because you can definitely tell that it's a super popular era. Like in those retro achievement forums, when you vote on like games, it's like 80% of the nominations are PS2. People just really go for it. Yeah, and that also seems weirdly like the heyday. Mm-hmm. Like when when I don't know, games felt like they were at their their 
zenith <laughs> or something. It was like that sure. era, you know. Well, if you I think about it, everyone who was eight mean, years but... old in two thousand and four is now eighteen years old, or sorry, mm. twenty eight years old. Ugh. Right. And so that's a very opportune time to be hip, be on the internet, be playing games. Emulation is in a great spot it now. Just, it just seemed the height of like gaming magazines. Sure. Game, you know what I mean? Absolutely. It was like, it just felt like the height of like all that. So you a, always knew everything that was coming out and yep. all that good stuff. It's know? the building blocks of a lot of these things. Websites were prevalent, right? Guides were everywhere. There's a Prima guide for everything. Like a lot of people, if you find yourself struggling a lot with a PS2 era game, there's a good chance there was a Prima guide or something that came out that explained what to do. Um, Because that was just the culture back then. That was just what we did as gamers a lot of the times. There were vehement non-guide people. You might have been one of them, Trees, I don't recall. But there were, it was was very custom. Or uh, sorry, it was very common to... Um, literally buy the $10 guide along with your game, right? Like to yeah, the point that I remember more... when you bought games back then, they would be like, oh, you're buying Fable. Did you want the Prima guide Fable to come with it? We've got a bundle where you get it for $10 if you buy it with the game. Yeah, mine was, it wasn't um, anti-guide. It was uh, anti-spending money at <laughs> fair, that age, fair. living on my own Yep, for an extra, uh, <laughs> an extra book. Well, and we should also... Know? Like point out, like again, if you're eight and you got Spider-Man Two, I mean right. that would be amazing because there's a lot of shit to do in that game, even if it's monotonous and redundant. Mm-hmm. If you were eight years old, trees, and you got Spider-Man Two on the PS2 for like the summer, fuck, that's a good summer. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Um, you beat the campaign, and I mean the campaign's keep- short, trees. I clocked six hours and thirty-two minutes to beat the campaign, even though right. I sucked so bad. Like people need to. A- remember that i was in my mid to late 20s yeah and i was in my early 20s so yeah so you know a little different yeah but but yeah i just i i have to say i'm i'm pretty intolerant of this generation like i try it same thing with mario sunshine although that's the nintendo way so it has its own things but still it's just it's like they're in 3d spaces and they walk talk and look like they're ready to be modern games, but they're so right behind the scenes, the capabilities of these consoles plus the gameplay. Like there were talented people. In fact, most of the people who played the games I probably love in my favorite generation, which is the one right after it, the 360 PS3 generation. I mean, let's face it. Most of these developers who made these games on the PS2 era consoles turned mm-hmm. around and made these games again on the 360 PS3, case in point. I struggled a lot with Spider-Man 2 on PS2, but I really like Spider-Man 3 on the 360. I played the shit out of that game when it first came out. I loved it way more than the critics did, for the record. Yeah. And so there's just something where I can't connect with it, and yet 360 games just get close enough that even on the most archaic ones, you know, I, I still can really work with them but they bridge that gap just enough but yeah a lot of this early stuff i really struggle with and it's been hard because there's a lot of games people tell me i should play in this era and i try them and i just really have a hard time with them 
Right. And so this was me. So Spider-Man 2, aside from being this fun trip down memory lane, because I'm a big comic book nerd too. So it was this fun way to like reattach to 2004 and spend the weekend getting real nostalgic about it. I read some reviews, watched some videos, things like that. Um, but also to just come to terms with the fact that like, yeah, like in one of gaming's most pivotal generations, I just don't think I've got the chops to go back to it. A good example of this is the bouncer. Everybody tells me to check out the bouncer. Oh yeah. And it's a, it's a beat em up, right? It was a PS2 launch era beat em up by square of all people. Mm -hmm. I can't beat the bouncer. (laughs) I can't get through like the first two levels of the bouncer. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I haven't played it since we... People tell me to try God Hand. I bet I get my ass handed to me in that, definitely. God Hand's a little wacky, man. Sure. Or like (laughs) Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry is fucking hard. Yeah, I mean, from someone who has... fucking hard. Someone who currently has a PS2 with Uh all the original titles up in New Hampshire that I play frequently. Yes, a lot of them are very... uh, Difficult when I go to play them. Um, most of my fond memories of PS2, again, are JRPGs, Kingdom Hearts. I played a lot of the samey type stuff. Sure. But I even found Kingdom Hearts stuff. on the PS2 to be really hard. And then when I played that 1.5 PS4 version, I didn't find it as hard, which makes me wonder if they tweaked the difficulty, but maybe I'm wrong. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I couldn't beat Kingdom Hearts 1 on the PS2 when I played it. I couldn't. I I noped out of that one. Nope. Yeah, and noped it was near out. the end, too. That's what sucks so much, is really that difficulty spike near the end of those games is where I, they lose me. Um, Devil May Cry I stuck with, and I hate fucked my way through 18 of the 23 <laughs> levels, and there's no better way to describe what I did with that game. But I definitely hate fucked my way through 18 of those levels and then finally gave up. And I did. I When you retry a checkpoint for like an hour straight, you're like, okay, I just don't have what it takes to beat this. Like, I just can't. Mm. And Devil May Cry 1, I know is very hard and a lot of people got stuck on that. But still, it's, it's just pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. And there's God knows how many games I haven't touched yet. But like, yeah. Even Yakuza 1. I don't believe I was able to beat Yakuza 1. Yeah, I played I played it, but there is like a late mission where they really ramp up the difficulty and throw a bunch of guys at you, and I just couldn't beat it. Yeah, and I mean, I play them in such bite-sized manners now. I don't sure. think I've ever beat any of those, those type of games, you know? Yeah, and I mean, they're fine, but like, yeah, I really struggle with it. The first-party Sony stuff I, by and large, though, love and have no problems with. Eco, no problem. <laughs> although right. shadow of the colossus i had a really hard time with um that is its own beast though but like a lot of that early sony stuff ratchet and clank um sly cooper um jack and daxter kill zone even right like all that ps2 stuff i didn't have any problems with any of those so i don't know hmm. i don't know but yeah you yeah, mean you like what you like and I was able to beat Metal Gear Solid 3 on the PS2. But I do remember being stuck on that boss, the, the end fight with the boss. Mm-hmm. I got stuck on that for like hours. 
I remember spending like an afternoon of like two hours to try to beat the boss. And I remember just being like, huh, I don't know if I can do this. So, yeah, I don't know. So I'm curious to hear from people or you, Trees, but like, am I alone in this? Like, I'm fine at 41 to just say, like, I'll give this a go, but I need to know my limits. Like I did with Spider-Man 2, I I now know where if I get frustrated to a certain point, I'm like, okay, you need to walk away because this game's only going to get harder. That was the problem. It's either chapter 9 or 10 in Spider-Man 2 was, I think it was the first shocker battle um, where it's like, it was just, it just, the, the difficulty spiked and I took a while to beat it and I finally beat it and I was like, okay, I'm going to keep going. And then I struggled with chapter 11 also. And I was like, oh my God. And then it lightened up for a little bit and then it went back to getting difficult again. And it's like, once I really hit a hard struggle and I'm just replaying a checkpoint for like over 30 minutes straight, like I need to just go, okay, this game's only going to get harder and there's no way you're going to beat whatever they've they've cooked up for this last boss battle. Like, it's just not going to happen, Fred. You don't have those reflexes, you old man, bitch. Like, you're not going to be able to pull this off and just walk away. And just say, you know what? I checked this out. It was cool. I'm just not equipped for it. But it really kind of sucks, right? And like, I don't, I can't tell people why if I play a Genesis or a Super Nintendo or TurboGrafx or an NES game and I can't beat it, which is very likely with most games, I can just walk away from that unbeaten, no problem. But there's something about like PS2 and on, it's hard for me to walk away from those games like completely. Yeah, but I don't know. You know what I do? Hmm. I play I play modern Miles Morales Spider Man, and I don't go. have any. That's I fucking dope. Yep. I effort, effortlessly swing through the city without yes, hitting you do. stop signs. Yes, you fucking do. By the way, I was going to ask you real quick, and then we can wrap up because I know it's getting long. Um, but uh, in Miles Morales, did you play around with any of the uh, the visual modes? Like, do you know what mode you're on? Performance quality. Performance ray trace. Um, I believe it is. Ah, crap. Because um, there is a mode called performance RT where they get you sixty frames a second and ray tracing. I believe it is thirty frames, maybe with quality. Quality. That I would be quality. The, yeah. I I want to say that might be the default. I believe quality is the default. There are so four I modes. There's it. quality, performance, performance RT, which that may have become the default because Insomniac did an amazing job with that, so I could see them wanting to show it off. And then there is a 120 hertz mode, which basically does quality mode, but they hit 40 frames a second on the PS5. And so oh. it uses the 120 frames container to make it work with that way. But again, that would be a lot of tweaking and I don't even know if your screen's 120 hertz. So you wouldn't have I don't think that. it is. But yeah, I don't think it is. Either way, that is a pretty fucking game, isn't it? Yeah, it's funny because my my um my daughter was sitting there tonight. Yeah, there was a part where I um was trying to find something on the on the ground. And it was so I was walking in the street. You know, you, you not unless you're fighting you're never really walking around. Right. But I just happened to zip down and I was looking for a stolen car or something silly. So I was just kind of walking around with the people, you know, 
Mm-hmm. And she was like, she goes, that looks real. Right. <laughs> like, it does look, it does look real. Yeah. And You're not wrong. What I, what I like also is like how they'll cheer at you or something or, or say something to you. And mm-hmm. even the PS2 one by Treyarch, it's great. You'll just be zipping along and all of a sudden someone's like, Hey Spidey, you the man. And he'll be like, no, yeah. you the man. <laughs> like, like, it's funny that like they, again, those insomniac games, owe everything to this Treyarch game, which probably owes everything to the basis set by the Neversoft games. But it really is Spider-Man 2 that was the genesis of the modern games. It mm-hmm. really was. It set a lot of things in motion that w- they use, that Insomniac uses even today. And I cannot wait for Spider-Man 2. And fair warning to people who are thinking about potentially going back to Spider-Man 2 on PS2, which I'm probably not selling it, but I might key some nostalgia just keep in mind, if you got to look anything up, Spider-Man 2 coming out this fall makes it very difficult to Google right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's all hype train shit for the upcoming game. Hmm. I like it. But anyway, so. But yeah, uh, like I said, uh, it was just a weird time of discovery for me this weekend of not only this game... But like the pop culture around the Spider-Man game, movie tie-in games, because it was a movie tie-in that didn't suck, right? And like, that's rare. That's very rare. Um, And then on top of that, just me coming to terms with the fact that like, there's a good chance that most PS2 games are one, too hard for me and two, I can't navigate them as well as I would like. I'm just clumsy. Right. Very clumsy in these games. I watched a video on YouTube of somebody keeping up with Black Cat and the guy does it masterfully. Like it looks like an E3 demo. I was just like, Jesus Christ. And I was like, I can't, I can't consistently do that choreography if you gave me instructions. Like I'm just not that good at this game. Huh. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, I will um, never play it. So (laughs) I gotta be honest with you. I won't be picking it up in a, a used bin to play up in New Hampshire. Uh, I probably will never see it. That's so. fair. You've got a modern version, and that carries on the torch in a much better way. So it's kind of one of those planned obsolescence things, right? Like, for me, if I want to go back and relive history, sure, that's my own prerogative. Mm-hmm. But it is one of those things where it's more influential than relevant nowadays. Right. So... You don't need to play this and go, oh, look how far they've come. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need the. I'm I don't sure you need trust pe- me on that. I don't need a fucking fat person's before and after photo mm-hmm. on Spider-Man 2. I'll be all right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and Trees, you'll be happy to know that if I do decide to go for this badge, I'm going to see what week two is. That gets announced in the morning. Um, if I stick with this, the achievement of the month that I have to get, I have till the end of the month to get it is Lego Star Wars 2 on the PS2, the original trilogy. I have to unlock Lego City, which if you remember that, the way you unlock that is you beat the campaign and you get 60 golden bricks, which I don't remember how long that takes. But I remember that game taking a good long time to beat. Yeah. So, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. But anyway, and if it's another PS2 game, I might just nope out on general principle as we've been discussing but yeah so again 
I kind of made it sound like on Twitter I was going to put Spider-Man 2 on blast. And I don't think that's really the case. It was just, it opened up a lot of things about my own personal gaming habits. Um, to the point that I'll never shy away from a PS2 game or a PS2 era game. But there's a good chance I'm not going to see it through to fruition. And I just accept that about anything I would go into on this. 360 right. games, though, way more into. So I think I'm going to go back and stick to my favorite gen- my favorite generation. So... But with that, I think we'll wrap it up. All right. And if you haven't seen Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire's Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2 in a while, might want to go back and revisit it. That game was, or that movie was pretty damn good. Yeah, it is good. And in that final scene, props to Sam Raimi and Kirsten Dunst because he found ways to put her in peril in a skirt that doesn't, make for awkward, you know, camera angles right. and stuff like that. Right, 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 right. And you know there's a bunch of outtakes where because of them being so cognizant of it, she probably had to deal with that dress blowing around in all kinds of weird places and that must have been grueling. <laughs> so she was a team player and Sam Raimi did her uh her pride and decency justice. So there you go. But but yeah. That's an odd observation, but the whole time yeah. I'm watching that final scene, I'm like, man, that dress is just doing what it's supposed to to keep it all appropriate <laughs> and good yeah. on him because that's what it should do because that's not the point of that scene. So, no. but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Nowadays, it'd be a CGI dress, right? <laughs> she'd right. be in like a, she'd be in a bathing suit and they just CGI on a dress. <laughs> so, but yeah, so, all right. Well, I think we'll call it. Yeah, I'm tired. All right. Well, let's let it's Trees late. get some sleep. It's midnight. I gotta, yeah, I got to go for up For me, into it's the heat. one for him. Yeah, go up into He's got to go sleep in a sweltering jungle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, like Jumanji up in my bedroom right now. <laughs> Hopefully, you're at like the apex of the night, though. So, it's like as cold as it's going to get. So, yeah. like, there's that. Crack so, window. let's some let you cool get to air. it. So, in my usual and awkward closings. I guess I'll say Mm -hmm. until next week, happy gaming. Later.